Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, March 22nd, 2021. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Hilda Solis, followed by an update on COVID-19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. To keep up with the latest updates and guidelines for slowing the spread of COVID-19, you can follow us across all social media at LA Public Health or visit our website, publichealth.lacounty.gov. And now, here's Supervisor Solis. Good afternoon, everyone, and I want to thank you again for joining us for this uh, week's press briefing. As we all know, last week was the first time our county entered the red tier of the state's blueprint for a safer economy. And already I'm seeing businesses across all five districts, some of which have been closed for over half a year, gradually beginning to reopen. And this was made possible because of the hard work of our residents who after a terrible surge came together to bring case rates down. And it's due to the heroic efforts of our health department and our community health partners who have been working around the clock to give life-saving vaccines and getting them into people's arms. I don't use the word heroic lightly. For more than a year, these healthcare heroes have worked incredibly long hours to care for residents sick with COVID. They provided testing and tracing services to help slow the spread. And they've lived with fear and anxiety about their own health and the health of their loved ones. And despite that, now they are out in the community getting vaccine shots into the arms of our residents. And I want to give a special recognition to our federally qualified health clinics, our health partners who provide care for our most in need and hardest hit communities. Throughout this pandemic, they've been providing care to those most vulnerable, regardless of the patient's insurance or documentation status or their ability to pay. They partnered with the county and community-based organizations to bring testing to neighborhoods that lacked access and faced barriers to those resources. And they've continued to provide essential primary and mental health care during an impossible year. Our efforts to make sure health equity is front and center simply would not be possible without our federally qualified health centers known as FQHCs. In my district alone, organizations like the JWCH Institute St. John's Well and Child Family Center, the Chinatown Service Center, the Oscar Romero Clinic, the Proyecto del Barrio, the East Valley Community Health Center, and so many, many more have risen to challenge and help us confront the pandemic. They've gone well above and beyond. And after a year of exhaustion, instead of asking for a break, they stepped forward and asked, how else can I help? Because of their efforts, We've been able to launch community vaccination sites in communities like Bell in East Los Angeles and El Monte and many more heavily impacted areas. And we have more that are coming into queue. It's thanks in large part to them that LA County is beginning to close those equity gaps that have hurt our response to this pandemic. Now the county is outperforming the state in administering doses to those communities that are hardest hit. This is equity in action, not just a stated goal, but the defining framework for our response. But more work, as you know, has to be done. There continue to be disparities in the percentage of people vaccinated in our black and Latino communities when compared to other demographics. As of last week, 56% of white residents over the age of 65 
had received at least one dose of the vaccine compared to 43.5% for Latinx and 38.7% for Black counterparts. We absolutely need to do better. And we must not only create more opportunities to bring the vaccine to them directly, but also overcome any vaccine hesitancy that may be causing people to put off getting the, vac the vaccination to begin with. For my part, I wanna assure you that these vaccines are safe and we are incredibly fortunate that a year out from the onset of the pandemic, we have almost, I wanna say four effective vaccines that will come will come to line. We already have three and one, hopefully that will be coming soon. But our vaccine efforts would not be truly equitable if we didn't reach everyone, including those homebound residents. We must make greater efforts to reach those who are eligible but can't access COVID-19 vaccinations because they are homebound. These residents may suffer from disabilities that significantly increase their risk of death and severe disease due to COVID-19 infection. Many of them are seniors whose death rates, as you know, are up to 100 times that of younger counterparts if they become infected. Now that vaccine supplies are increasing and becoming easier to store and administer, Los Angeles County must find a way to bring the COVID-19 vaccines directly to this population of vulnerable homebound residents. Rates of homebound adults are estimated to be between 5 to 6% across the United States which would equate to over half a million people alone in Los Angeles County. And we must create programs to meet these homebound adults where they live and bring the vaccines to them, which is exactly what I intend to do with item 13 at tomorrow's board meeting. This is about equity, accessibility, and ensuring that we leverage our resources and our networks to reach a population that has been cast aside too long. Their lives depend on it. Now shifting gears, I know that many of you have been longing for activities that bring a sense of normality into our lives. We are now in the start of the sp spring season and there are activities offered by the county for people of all ages. For instance, the LA County Department of Parks and Recreation will be hosting a spring grab and go drive through event this month, next at parks all across the county. Participants will receive outdoor activity kits for children pre-filled eggs in advance of Easter holiday, food supplies, and other fun items for their whole family. To register, participants can visit bit.ly slash spring grab and go, or call 211 to be connected to the Parks Department. And finally, as I've done numerous times before during the pandemic, using this same forum, I'm saddened to denounce more acts of hate against the Asian community. But this time, eight lives were violently taken, six of whom were Asian women. This is precisely why I've been rallying against the scapegoating of our API brothers and sisters from the very beginning to prevent something worse from happening, to prevent a situation like this. But now there is palpable fear and frankly exhaustion among our API communities. So I want those who are watching to know that you're not alone. We're united against hate, and we stand with you to combat the ugly racism and misogyny that Asian Americans and particularly Asian women are facing right now. This is unacceptable and we must do something about it. I wanna encourage those who have experienced or witnessed an act of hate to please consider reporting through the 211 hotline 
or go to our web website, stopaapihate.org. We'll get you the services and support that you need, and you can stay anonymous throughout the entire process. There are more than 1.5 million people of Asian Pacific Islander descent that reside right here in LA County, many of whom reside in my own district. When COVID-19 began to ravage our county, it was the API community who rallied and mobilized to deliver mass PPE and resources to our overstretched hospitals. And it was the API healthcare workers who risked their lives every day to save people who were hospitalized because of COVID. And it was Filipino nurses who died disproportionately from COVID-19 because they were working day and night in our intensive care units. Our API communities deserve to be celebrated and embraced and not attacked. The hate must stop, the vandalism, the verbal assaults, and murder must stop. Our diversity is stronger because of who we are, and we must never tolerate hate against anyone. I want to thank you, and now I'd like to introduce Dr. Barbara Ferrer. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Supervisor Solis, and to the entire Board of Supervisors for your continued inspiring leadership. Our country is making great progress thanks to the extraordinary efforts of residents, businesses, and community partners who are doing their part to protect the health and well being of our residents. Today, I'll be providing updates on COVID 19 data for the county, recent changes to the health officer order, updates on how LA County will work with Blue Shield on vaccine distribution, and then updates on our progress to vaccinate our residents. Uh, now to start uh, with an update on our daily numbers. And as a reminder, the smaller number of cases and deaths reported on Monday reflect a delay in reporting over the weekend. Uh, we're, I'll take the first slide. We're sad to report nine additional deaths today, which brings the total number of COVID-19 related deaths in LA County to 22,806. Five people who died are over the age of 80, and three people in this age group had underlying health conditions. One person who died is between the ages of 65 and 79 and had underlying health conditions. One person who died is between the ages of 50 and 64 and had, underlying, and had no underlying health conditions. And two people who died are between the ages of 30 and 49, and both had no underlying health conditions. Our deepest condolences go out to those who are mourning the loss of a loved one, and we share your grief. We're reporting 516 new cases today, bringing the total number of cases in LA County to 1,214,683. These cases include a total of 51,709 cases reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach, and 11,080 cases reported by the city of Pasadena. There are 750 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19, and 25% of the people who are hospitalized are in the ICU. We've investigated a total of 4,947 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. Currently, we have 288 ongoing outbreak investigations, and there's 4,659 closed investigations. The total number of confirmed cases in institutional settings is now 96,966, including 40,259 confirmed cases among residents 
and 56,708 cases among staff. To date, more than 6 million people have been tested and had test results reported in LA County, and the cumulative positivity rate remains at 19%. I'll take the next slide. Uh, the seven-day average number of daily cases by episode of date has continued to decrease, and as of March 14th, is under 500 new cases per day. This slide shows cases by episode date, and that's the date a person tested positive for COVID-19 or started experiencing symptoms. And our case numbers now are at the levels we saw early in the pandemic. I'll take the next slide. This graph shows the year trend lines of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths since March 1st of 2020 through March 14th of 2021. Uh, if we look at the first two weeks of March of this year, cases decreased by 35%. And over the same time period, the first two weeks in March 2021, hospitalizations decreased 41%. And just, uh, and really uh, very importantly, deaths decreased by 60%. These, these decreases do represent the actions we all took a few weeks ago and that we need to continue to do to take care of each other in the upcoming weeks in order to continue to see falling cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. I'll take the next slide. Uh, from January 1st, 2021 through March 18th, 2021, a total of 334,949 COVID-19 cases have been confirmed in LA County. This excludes Long Beach and Pasadena. The weekly new cases have fallen each week from 100 and about 103,000 new cases for the first week in January, January 1st through the 7th, down to 2,683 new cases in total for the week of March 12th through the 18th. As of March 18, 2021, approximately one approximately uh, 1,984,738 persons who reside in LA County, this does include Long Beach and Pasadena, have been vaccinated with at least one dose of the vaccine since January of this year. While the majority of the LA County population has not yet been vaccinated, the increasing rate of vaccination that we're seeing here likely is beginning to help reduce transmission. We'll take the next slide. Because of we've made uh, so much progress, we continue to be able to offer other opportunities for people to engage in activities and for businesses to be able to reopen for additional activities. We have made additional modifications to the health officer order that was issued on March 19th and took effect on Saturday, March 20th. And here are the following changes. Breweries, wineries, and craft distilleries that do not provide a meal can open for outdoor service only with certain restrictions. These include all guests must have reservations. Guests are limited to a 90 minute time limit for their visit. Guests must be seated at tables before they place their order and they're not permitted to stand or congregate with others. And the hours are limited with service for on-site consumption closing by 8 p.m. Breweries, wineries, and craft distilleries that serve a bona fide meal can be open for indoor dining operations at 25% of indoor capacity and must follow the same modifications required for restaurants. We're providing as well in the new health officer order clarity 
for certain types of businesses that serve the public, but are not your typical retail establishments, such as non-school learning centers, bank and credit union branches, check cashing services, tax preparation, auto repair, auto dealerships, and dry cleaners. These types of establishments have been called limited services businesses, and they're now permitted for indoor operations with modifications at 50% capacity. For mental health uh, support groups and spiritual counseling, uh, we are increasing the number of in-person participants from 10 to 12 participants to make this type of support more accessible to those in the community. We do still encourage for services to, provide it, to be provided remotely when at all possible. For office-based work sites, businesses that must open indoors for essential operations that cannot be done remotely must also limit indoor capacity to 50% of maximum, maximum occupancy. For youth and adult recreational sports, we're aligning with the state to allow for indoor sports to engage in indoor activities including training, conditioning, contact, practice, and competition, but only if they adhere fully to the following state requirements. Limiting any indoor sports activities to 10% of the indoor occupancy. Observers are not permitted for any youth or adult indoor sports activities, including competitions. Regular testing of players, coaches, and staff and the development and implementation of a return to play safety plan and a site-specific safety plan. I wanna note very importantly that plans must be filed with the Department of Public Health with us uh, 14 days prior to starting any indoor activities. As a reminder, businesses and sectors must all follow safety measures and the protocols. You can find these updated protocols on our website at publichealth.lacounty.com. I'll take the next slide. We're also updating our uh, school reopening protocols to align with the CDC and the California Department of Public Health on the required distancing in schools with additional recommendations. Schools are strongly recommended to maximize distance between student seating, maintaining three feet minimum distance at all times. It's important that schools implement critical mitigation layers, including required masking, stable groups, and maintaining six feet of distance as much as possible during any activities where students are not wearing their masks. Generally, this is when they're eating and drinking. There continues to be a requirement of a minimum of six feet of distance between teacher and other staff desks from students and other staff. So we're going to just ask that schools, as they move towards making these changes, be mindful that while the requirement is three feet of minimum distance, uh, keeping a larger distance between desks is, is just fine. And for those schools that are already reopened, uh, there's no need to change uh, unless you feel like there would be a benefit in your school community to making a change now. Um, I'll go on to the next slide. Um, over the past several weeks, as many people know, LA County, the state, and Blue Shield have been discussing ways to best coordinate vaccination efforts in our county, given the Department of Public Health's existing and extensive vaccination experience and infrastructure. Our goal is to vaccinate everyone, so I'm pleased that we finalized our memorandum of understanding with the state 
that allows Los Angeles County to continue supporting the more than 375 providers that are currently vaccinating residents. The agreement recognizes that local health departments play a role, a central and critical role in the local coordination of the state's rollout of vaccines. Under our agreement, the County Department of Public Health and Blue Shield will jointly support vaccination goals from efficiency to equity and jointly make recommendations to the state regarding vaccine allocations and distributions needed for Los Angeles County to achieve our goals. All of the approximately 375 county vaccination partners that have been receiving vaccine directly from the county will continue to be eligible to receive doses during this transition phase to the statewide network of vaccination providers, as long as they're able to meet the state requirements for tracking and reporting, which all of our providers are doing right now. County Public Health will continue to work directly with all of the county vaccination providers concerning any and all issues of vaccine procurement and the provision of vaccine to the state prioritized populations and the public. It's through this continued direct county public health and vaccination partner coordination that we're sure that the county Blue Shield and the county vaccination partners can best accomplish the state's vaccination goals. Under the MOU, the state will continue to allocate some vaccine directly to the county. These allocations will be made to account for the services DPH and DHS and our county supported sites provide to the highest risk communities and populations most impacted by COVID-19. Blue Shield is developing improved data dashboards and they're improving my turn capabilities. This is the state's appointment registration system. All providers will begin working with Blue Shield in preparation for an eventual transmission to the state's MyTurn platform. This transition, however, will only happen once the state and Blue Shield are able to make modifications to MyTurn that assist providers with their data reporting. The statewide data reporting is key for the state to be able to provide a clear picture of vaccination efforts within the county to the federal and state partners and most importantly, to the public. Uh, our agreement ensures that the extensive network that has been created in LA County remains intact, and it includes all of our vaccination partners. The goal of this arrangement is to maintain local oversight of vaccine administration while strengthening a statewide coordinated vaccination network within LA County. With this arrangement, the county's momentum and increasing vaccination throughput will not be interrupted or disrupted. We'll take the next slide. Uh, to update you on our current overall efforts to vaccinate residents and workers in LA County, as of March 17th, we administered 3,234,989 doses of vaccine in the county. Of these, 1,000, a little, a slightly over a million doses uh, were second doses. Currently, people who are eligible for the vaccine include healthcare workers, residents and staff at long-term care facilities, residents who are 65 and older, education and childcare workers, food and agriculture workers, emergency service workers and law enforcement, people with serious health conditions or disabilities, people who live or work in high-risk congregate living spaces, this is shelters, jails, and residential behavioral health programs, janitorial, custodial, and maintenance service workers, and people who work in transportation and logistics. I'll take the next slide. 
This table does show the summary of our weekly distribution of COVID-19 vaccines for this upcoming week. There are now 385 vaccination sites that receive a portion of the 279,700 total doses allocated to the County of LA for this week. This table does not include doses that are allocated directly from the federal government to some county pharmacies, federally qualified health centers, and the FEMA vaccination sites, nor does it include the doses that are allocated by the state to the large multi-county entities, such as Kaiser and UCLA. On our website, vaccinatelacounty.com, you can find information about all the sites that will be offering vaccine this upcoming week. Our allocation for this week is slightly higher than last week. Last week, we received over 259,000 doses, and none of which were Johnson & Johnson. This week, we received a very small number of, of Johnson & Johnson doses. Uh, this was 6,000 doses that are primarily being used by our mobile teams. Similar to last week, our federally qualified health centers uh, and clinics are administering the most doses uh, by any single sector site with 72,000 doses this week. Providing these sites with vaccines remains a priority for LA County as they serve communities that are hardest hit by the pandemic and have lower vaccination rates. The increases in vaccination rates in these communities would not be possible without our partners at the federally qualified health centers and at the community clinics. 64,350 doses will be administered through the seven county sites. The city of LA sites will be vaccinating over 50,000 people through their six sites. And pharmacies are administering over 24,000 doses. We're continuing to increase allocations to community sites serving our hardest hit communities so that our providers are able to vaccinate the people at highest risk. Unfortunately, as you can see, our efforts are slowed by the continued lack of vaccine supply. This week alone, there were over 633,000 appointments slots that were available, and we only had enough doses for 280,000 appointments. We do hope that supply will increase in the coming weeks and allow us to vaccinate even more people. I'll take the next slide. Mobile vaccine teams are deploying to the hardest hit communities with the priority of vaccinating residents 65 and older. More than 80 mobile vaccination teams are scheduled to administer vaccines this week at senior housing sites, senior centers, faith-based organizations, and community-based organizations. These mobile sites are critical to our effort to vaccinate hard-hit communities with either lower vaccination rates or a lack of access. In the coming weeks, an additional 150 mobile vaccination sites are scheduled throughout our county. The next slide. Out of the 279,700 doses that we received for this week, 56% are allocated for second doses that are due this week. 44% of the week's allocation, or 124,400 vaccines, will be reserved for people who are getting their first doses. Most of our first dose supply is being made available to anyone who's eligible at this point in time to get vaccinated, with 4% of our first dose supply dedicated to the education sector and those with qualifying medical conditions or disabilities. As you can see, most of the second doses are being used for residents who are 65 years and older and people working in education or the child care sector. I'll take the next slide. 
this table shows vaccinations by occupation at just the county run sites, uh, which includes our five uh, large capacity pods and our vaccination sites at Balboa and El Serena. Uh, this is because we can pull this data from my turn now, but it just uh, it was something that just went into effect uh, on March 5th. So from March 5th to March 19th at our LA County run sites, food and agriculture workers received the most doses, accounting for 50,581 vaccinations. These were 46% of all the vaccinations administered at our county run sites over the past two weeks. 17,339 people working in education and childcare also received about 16% of the doses administered at the county run sites during that same time period. And I wanna note that for eligible workers in most sectors, there are many opportunities and have been many opportunities for vaccination administration at restricted clinics that are sponsored by community partners, unions, or healthcare providers. Um, you can take away the slides. In closing, Spring officially began this past weekend. Like so many of you, I'm eagerly awaiting warmer weather and clearer skies. We have a beautiful county, and I encourage you all to enjoy everything it has to offer while remaining masked and physically distanced. Please also remain close to home and adhere to the state travel advisory, which recommends no recreational travel outside a 120 mile radius. This is especially important as we're continuing uh, to be uh, during spring break for different schools. For recreational travelers and residents coming to LA County or returning to LA County, please note you are still required to self-quarantine for 10 days after you return from out of state or out of country travel. This is to protect our community from inadvertent transmission of the virus from travelers. We also strongly recommend that for those who traveled uh, and during their travels, you were in crowds, exposed to unmasked individuals in close proximity, or you, attest, or you attended gatherings, please get tested on your return. This is not in place of a quarantine. This is in addition to the 10-day quarantine. This is particularly important for those who travel to places with high rates of community transmission, like Miami, which just to note reported a 9% test positivity rate. This is a test positivity rate that's six times higher than the test positivity rate in LA County. Please remember how easily this virus can spread and take every action you can to protect yourself and others until we all can get vaccinated. And for all of us, whether we traveled or we didn't, we do ask that you continue to follow safety measures while in public or at reopened businesses and to continue to avoid medium or large gatherings. If you're eligible, I do encourage you to get vaccinated. You can visit vaccinatelacounty.com for more information. Thank you. And now Dr. Christina Galley will provide updates from the Department of Health Services. Hi, good afternoon. I'll provide very brief updates today uh, and then we'll turn it over with time for questions. Uh, as always, the slides for the hospital bed demand model are located on the DHS website in both English and Spanish. So please look there for the latest information on that model. This week, the model shows that the daily number of new hospitalized patients in Los Angeles County with COVID-19 still does continue to decrease, but at a significantly slower rate. The decrease, the, rate, the decrease in the rate of slowing reflects a slight increase in the rate of transmission. 
Based on recent hospitalization data reflecting transmission that occurred around the beginning of March, the estimated transmission number or the R at that time was 0.93. This is higher than the estimate that the model was producing last week of 0.87. The R estimated by the model this week does include values that span both above and below one. So it is uncertain if the number of hospitalizations will continue to decline, if they will be stable or if they will start to increase. Time will tell what this really means, and we don't have sufficient information yet to know if this will result in an uptick in infections, but we all need to remain vigilant. Please heed caution to the basic things that we know stop the transmission of this virus within our communities. It's the simple things. It's continuing to wear your facial covering, your mask whenever you go outside and around others outside of your household, keeping your distance as much as possible and washing your hands. Shifting gears, I also wanna take just a minute today to thank and uplift a critical part of the healthcare workforce, both here in health services and also in hospitals and clinics and health systems across Los Angeles County. March, as you may know, is National Social Worker Month. And when people think about health services, they're often thinking of the physicians and the nurses who are working on the front lines. But please remember that there is always a whole cadre of staff that play a role in helping to support the health and wellness of our patients, and we couldn't do it without the contributions of that entire team. Social workers are one key members of this team. Within DHS, we have over 400 social workers, along with additional medical case workers and other social support staff that work throughout our hospitals, our clinics, and our community programs, providing critical services to our patients as well as to our staff. Our social workers care about the whole person and they intimately understand the impact that social needs have on one's overall health and wellness. In examples of the social needs that impact wellness are well known by all of us. Things like access to food and transportation, safe housing in a safe neighborhood, income sources that are sufficient to meet the basic needs of life, substance use issues and traumatic experiences in one's life. And of course, we all know COVID-19 triggered many acute social needs in everyone's life as well. Access to care and support for social needs is an important health equity issue as patients have sadly unequal access to safe housing and neighborhoods, food, transportation, and medical care. We have seen significant disparities among some communities before, during, and we will continue to see them after the pandemic. And I wanna take a moment to thank our social work teams who continue to address these needs on a daily basis. At DHS, we have social workers in all of our clinical areas our inpatient hospital rooms and beds, outpatient clinics, emergency department, urgent care, and they also work alongside our patients and clients in the community, helping patients to cope with their health issues, assisting with care transitions, providing behavioral health and emotional support, and linking families and patients with necessary community resources. It's just one example of how our teams addressed social needs during the pandemic relates to food insecurity. Sadly, over 700,000 people in Los Angeles County report that they have food insecurity. Within DHS, we have seen significant increase in people who report that they don't have access to sufficient, healthy, and fresh food. And that is really one of the factors that is the result of this pandemic. 
to help patients access healthy food. We have a partnership with the Department of Public Health and with CalFresh for linkage to CalFresh and for fresh produce distribution at many of our hospitals and clinics, in addition to partnerships with a number of community-based organizations, including Food Forward, Seeds of Hope, and the LA Regional Food Bank, who help to support these distributions across health services. So please join me in thanking our team of social workers, the medical caseworkers, and other staff who make a difference in the lives of our patients every day throughout the pandemic and beyond. And we'll now take questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please raise your hand using the hand icon or send the host a chat with your name and outlet to be placed in queue. As a courtesy to other reporters and to allow for ample time for questions, we ask that you please limit yourself to one to two questions per reporter. One moment, please, for our first question. Our first question will come from the line of Joy Benedict. Joy, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Thank you. Thanks for taking my question, guys. I actually have two questions. The first one being, are you still seeing a response for appointments as far as they're all still filling up or are people, is it so accessible now that you're not seeing as many people needing the appointments? And the second question comes with regards to televisions in restaurants. I mean, we are now opening up distilleries, wineries, bars up till 8 p.m., movie theaters indoors, indoor dining, but there are a lot of restaurants in this county that are dependent on people coming in to eat while watching something on television. They spent a lot of money putting these TVs outside on the patios and things of that nature, and they feel like they've been left behind as things have been opened, and they're still being told they're going to be fined if they turn on a television outside. And so I'm wondering if we think that that may be outdated at this point. And I know your answer is going to be, you know, that people are congregating or it leads to this or it leads to that. But then, you know, the concern would be, again, social distancing, not limiting to 90 minutes. Like, don't blame the TV because other people aren't following those other rules because as businesses put it, you know, not everybody comes in for their wings all the time. They come in to watch the game and have the wings. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for both of those questions. Uh, let me just start with appointments for vaccinations. Those appointments still fill up, you know, within hours of being released. I mean, we we don't have any places where uh, we, you know, those appointments aren't aren't getting filled at all. Um, and as you know, we're also trying to do a much better job targeting those appointments in the communities that have been hit the hardest. And and I think that's. Uh, that's going fairly well. I'll, I'll be able to release new data, you know, later on this week that shows the progress we're making, making there. So, yes, I mean, we still have a lot of scarcity. I mean, as I showed you, we got about 280,000 doses this week. We have about five and a half million people in LA County that are eligible to get vaccinated. Uh, and all of them need, uh, or most of them are going to need two doses. So, so we have a ways to go and we're grateful uh, that that we have so many people interested in getting vaccinated, we just are anxious uh, for us to get to the time and place uh, where we have ample vaccine, uh, so that it's very easy for every single person to have access to that vaccine. In terms of your second question on TVs, uh, you know we do receive a lot of correspondence uh, from folks who feel similar to, to what you're expressing. You know, desire for those TVs uh, to be turned back on and. Obviously, we review that information uh, that we get in. Uh, we're looking really hard at, at what's happening 
uh, with our case numbers. Remember, we have to always wait a couple of weeks out to see whether or not we have an the actions we're taking two or three weeks ago are going to have an impact on our case numbers. And I want to note, you know, when you see that in one week cases soared in places like Michigan, uh, you know, where they're now back at 3,000 cases a day, uh, we were, you know, we get that that gives us cause for concern here. Um, there's never been a time uh, in this pandemic where what's happened around the rest of the country or the rest of the world hasn't at some point impacted us here in LA County. Um, so we're going to continue to move cautiously and slowly, uh, but we do take into account um, what we're hearing back from our all of our different business sectors. And I can promise you that we're looking carefully at what uh, what would be the right time for us to expand additional activities that can be that can that are permitted uh, at, uh, at at restaurants. For now, uh, we'd like to just really focus on uh, how wonderful it is to be able to go out and eat at a restaurant with all of the great food that they're offering us, and now opportunities to both be indoors and outdoors. Uh, but we do want to remain uh, cautious, and we do want to move relatively slowly. Uh, in our reopening uh, here in the county. So thanks for both those questions. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Chris Palmieri. Chris, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Yes, hi, Dr. Farr. I was wondering if you could just give us an update on the, some of these variants, um, you know, that are causing so much trouble, like in Michigan and, and especially New York. Uh, how prevalent are they here? And is there anything specific we can do to avoid uh, that spread? Yeah, it's a great question. I will give updated numbers on variants uh, next week. Uh, last week, we saw slightly less circulation of what's called the UK variant. That's a variant of concern both in Florida and in Michigan. Uh, that variant uh, is what's called a variant of concern because it's been established that it is likely to be more infectious. Um, and we saw a slight decrease in our numbers uh, here from our lab reports. Again, uh, we've never really had it account for much more than about 10% of the sampling that we've done has, has shown that, you know, the samples are coming from people who are positive with the UK variant. Uh, but in other places, as you know, we know best what's going on in Florida and Michigan, that variant is circulating at, at much higher rates, I think accounting for about 50% of what they think our case is circulating. You know, for all of us, uh, the best way to, to stop a, a variant of concern from becoming more dominant is to stop transmission. Um, so I, I know that, you know, folks would like us to move uh, more aggressively and in much of the reopenings, everyone is exhausted uh, by this pandemic and the restrictions, but we don't want to do anything that makes it easy for our community transmission rates to go back up. Not only is that a disaster all around, because then we just have more community transmission and that translates to more outbreaks in places newly reopened like schools, but it's also a disaster because it allows a variant, many more opportunities uh, to become dominant. So for the next two, three, four weeks, we have to be extraordinarily careful here since we have a lot of reopenings. But thanks for that. And I'll report on updated numbers on Wednesday. Thank you. Thank Our you. next question comes from the line of Claudia Pashuda. Claudia, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. 
Hi. Um, based on the variant information you gave us last week um, with the Cal variant accounting for nearly 40% of the samples that were tested between the 10th and the 16th, is it fair to say that it's dominant, probably dominant, or will soon be dominant? And in a weird way, is that a good thing? Because maybe it's beating out the more contagious UK variant. And then a question for Dr. Galley. Um, the estimated uh, transmission rate's been creeping up for the past couple of weeks, so obviously that doesn't account for the recent reopenings. By the time the numbers start to go up, isn't it kind of too late? Like the snowball has started down the, the hill. But I also don't know how vaccinations and variants play into all this, so if you could elaborate. Thank you. Yeah, I, I can just start with uh, your first question. Thanks, Claudia. Um, you know, we don't know enough about variants to really understand or say with certainty one variant can beat out another variant. Um, but you are absolutely right that the variant that has dominated in sort of circulation here in LA County has been what's called the California variant. At times, it's been more than 50% of our samples have, in fact, shown um, that uh, people were positive with the California variant. That was particularly true during the height of the surge. Uh, whether it crowds out another variant, uh, you know, remains to be seen. One thing we do know is that now that variant has been labeled a variant of concern because there is increasing evidence that that California variant is also likely to be more infectious, which would in fact help explain why we saw such a proliferation of cases during the surge. But I wanna be clear, if that's the variant that's still in some ways dominating or still, you know, circulating in very high numbers here in LA County, it would be very easy for us to get back to a situation where cases go up. So, you know, the, the only the only way we keep case numbers down and transmission down is to really follow all the rules, go slow on the reopenings, be particularly attentive to making sure that in places where people aren't going to be masked. Uh, for extended periods of time, there's every possible mitigation and protection uh, so that we really avoid getting back into what other states are now experiencing, which is another incre increase in cases. And, you know, I, I think, you know, whether the R not increases a little or it increases a lot, um, it, we all need to pay attention to the fact that there is just a lot more transmission happening in other places of the country and the world right now. And we got to be super careful here uh, to avoid getting back into a situation where we've got those increases uh, that really lead to, unfortunately, a worse outcomes for residents. Yeah, thanks, Claudia. I'll comment briefly on this. It's a, it's. I'm glad um, of the recognition that the R has been creeping up slightly. You're, you're absolutely correct. Um, and I think, as Dr. Furr just said, uh, you know, we, we share this information so that people can be aware and so that it doesn't snowball and so that people can then be careful with their behavior and with their interactions with others and so that it doesn't get out of control. And these are small changes, but, you know, the R has been creeping up now steadily for the past two to three weeks. And we want to watch that closely and we want people to do everything that they can to really be able to um, keep their own behavior in a manner in which it helps to reduce transmission as, as much as possible. You're right that just based on the timing, it's not at all due to the reopening protocols that have been put forward by the Department of Public Health. That's just not consistent with the timeline 
the model itself doesn't know whether or not any increase in the R that's being measured is due to um, more interactions between people and less physical distancing between people, or if it's rather due to the variance. What the model notices is, is obviously that slowing in the rate of hospitalizations calculates that into an effective transmission number, but there's a variety of reasons why um, that transmission rate can be slightly increasing. Um, and it might be that people are being just as careful as they always were and are uh, and rather that it's starting to have, you know, some of the impact of those variants uh, within Los Angeles County. At the same time, it might not be the variants and it could be that behavior and, and more likely probably just a combination of the two. And I think the message is that we just need to continue to be careful uh, to remember that the vaccination obviously hasn't reached the entire Los Angeles County population, that we want people to take advantage of a vaccine as soon as one is available to them. And we're working to get that out as quickly as possible. And for really all, everyone to respect uh, the order of the vaccine vaccination, that, that order and those tiers are in place because the most vulnerable populations really need to have access to that vaccination first, whether it's because of the nature of their age or their underlying medical conditions, which puts them at more serious risk of serious outcomes from COVID, or whether it's the nature of their exposures because they can't stay at home and telework and they have to work outside of the household and the nature of their employment is that it puts them at risk. And we really ask people to respect that and allow those more vulnerable populations to get vaccinated first. And the last point I'll make, and then we'll turn it to the next question, is just that while the R um, is creeping up, it's imperative that we continue to watch that. The base on which the R acts is also incredibly important. So when we were in the middle of the surge and we had an R, say, of one, that means something very different when you're looking at 8,000 new cases a day and an R of one than, we are where, than when we are where we are now with 500 new cases a day and an R in one. So it's important to remember that exponential growth part of COVID uh, and the lower base of cases that we're operating on right now is, is critically important to keep in mind. We'll take the next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Ryan Carter. Ryan, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Galley and uh, Dr. Ferrer. Um, the MOU uh, with Blue Shield, is that um, uh, kind of a prelude to a contract or is that kind of going to be where it stands, uh, Dr. Ferrer, um, with the state um, or, excuse me, with, with Blue Shield? And has it been signed? Um, I asked that. And one other question. Um, uh, can a resurgence ever be as bad as it was? I, I saw some reporting this weekend um, with Dr. Gottlieb and his comments that they sort of suggested that um, we have sort of many backstops going on with the vaccinations in the United States um, that that will prevent something like what's happening in Europe um, right now. Is, is there any, do you see any truth to that? I mean. So I guess the, the bottom line with that question is, can a, can a resurgence ever be as bad as it was um, just a few months ago? Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, let me start with the, the um, second question and then I'll, I'll just quickly comment on the MOU. Um, you know, I, I don't say anything with 100% certainty anymore because it's a new virus and things have constantly changed. And particularly because we have variants and uh, there's a lot of questions out, as you know about the power of these variants and how much mutation uh, is happening and whether or not 
that means that our vaccinations are going to all hold up, uh, you know, for over a long period of time or how long they're going to hold up. So I want to just say, you know, I, I don't I don't think it would be helpful for me to speak with 100 percent certainty uh, with a new virus and new vaccines. But I do think there's a lot of truth in what's being said. I, I think there are two points to make. Not only do we have a large number of people who are vaccinated, nowhere near the number of people vaccinated uh, that we're going to need for any kind of really population herd immunity, but certainly at the level where there's a lot of protection, particularly for some groups that are highly vulnerable. So, for example, one thing uh, I feel pretty confident about is that at our skilled nursing facilities, we will not see a surge like we saw in April, May, and June. Uh, the vaccinations are holding there. We have a lot of evidence about how effective they are in that setting already. And this is, again, highly vulnerable group. So with 75% or so of folks fully vaccinated in our skilled nursing facilities, I don't think we'll ever get back to the disaster uh, we had in the spring and early summer. Um, I also think uh, we've seen huge decreases in the number of healthcare workers that are getting infected across a variety of settings. And here again, I think this is good news. Lots of people vaccinating, much lower rates of transmission. And remember, the vast majority of our healthcare workers were not getting infected necessarily at a work site. They were getting infected, infected in a community site or at their homes. Uh, so there again, I think ample evidence that these vaccinations are really protecting people uh, at this point in time. The question is, how long are they going to protect us for and how far out is that protection uh, and how much is that protection going to hold completely against any transmission? I will say the second thing that um, is in our favor in some ways, which is if there was any silver lining, which is hard to find in the horrific experiences that we went through during the surge, it's that because a lot of people got infected, they are likely to have some immunity. Again, estimating it's at least 90 days, not really sure, again, against all of the different mutations, how it's going to hold up. But that too means that there are less susceptible people uh, for transmission. So, you know, I would hope with both of those facts uh, being present here in LA County, we never get back uh, to the surge that we just saw uh, this past winter. I don't think uh, we can actually get through another surge that's as devastating as what we saw. Uh, but I would actually close by saying we've got tools that we know work uh, along with vaccinations, um, and we still have to use all of those other tools uh, so that we guarantee ourselves uh, the possibility of really making sure that we don't increase our cases uh, during a time where we have variants circulating. But thanks for that. And in terms of the MOU, uh, we have signed, I have signed the MOU. Um, it is in effect, and there will be no contract uh, with Blue Shield uh, in addition to the MOU. The MOU is the agreement between us and the state as a county. It represents all of the, the county services uh, that are being used to provide folks with vaccinations. And it does set for all of us, um, the terms of a partnership. And it's gonna be a wonderful partnership. I feel very pleased uh, with the level of coordination and cooperation, the value added with both our state partner uh, and with uh, Blue Shield. 
And I think we're going to be able to move forward building on sort of the best that's already here, which is the hard work that's already been done to create this massive network um, and meet the state's goals of making sure that we've got, you know, one standard on reporting, one data set that we can all look at, um, accountable measures that we're all going to adhere to uh, that really make sure we're meeting our equity goals and we're being efficient in getting vaccine into the arms of people who need it desperately uh, as quickly as possible. I'll take the next question. Thank you, Dr. Ferrer. Our next question will be our last question, and it comes from the line of Patrick Healy. Patrick, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you very much, Dr. Ferrer. I wanted to ask you a follow-up on the question earlier about uh, vaccine appointments. Uh, what kind of no-show rate are we seeing? And reason I ask is, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, there's a lot of word of mouth out there about people saying, yeah, I, I hung out till the end of the day and I, I was able to get a vaccination. And second quick question, if I may, uh, indoor sports, youth sports, uh, have you received any uh, uh, of the paperwork you need yet from any schools? Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, Patrick. Uh, great questions. Um, in terms of sort of a no-show rate, uh, our no-show rate at the county sites is less than 8%. Um, and, uh, and, and in general, I want to say that no-show rate where I'm saying it's about, it's less than 8% is really a no-show rate on second vaccine doses. And it's a much um, smaller rate of no-show on first vaccine doses so uh, and appointments for first vaccines. I don't know if this translates across all sites, but I know in this county, we have really very few people not showing up uh, to get vaccinated at their sites. Um, and that I, I know at the county sites, because I work there once a week, um, we, don't, we don't have people at the end of the day that are you know, sort of waiting around to get vaccinated because we're not drawing vaccine out of the vials until we have people who have cleared registration. And I think many, many places are doing that. So you know, at best, you're going to have a handful of syringes, and uh, in most cases, you have none uh, that are left. And when I say a handful, I'm talking about less than half a dozen. Um, and those are usually, as you know, we have a policy of if we have uh, additional doses at a vaccination site, uh, we will offer vaccine to people who have volunteered with us. In general, uh, most of our volunteers are doing 40 hours or more with us. Uh, and uh, they're eligible, obviously, as they're working at a vaccination site uh, to be vaccinated. So I don't, I don't think people are showing up at our sites. That doesn't mean that in other places, particularly where there are pop-ups and it's not really by appointments, uh, people are actually allowed to come and register on site, that they may at the end of the day have capacity to do more vaccinations. And that may be some of what you're hearing. Um, at the, you know, more at the mobile sites, but, but I do want to say in general, um, you know, our experience has been, you know, really, really small numbers of no shows. Uh, the bigger problem for us is people trying to come make appointments. They're not actually eligible, uh, in which case they're not able to get vaccinated. They may be a resident, non, a non-resident and a non-worker, a worker that doesn't work here or live here. Uh, or, in fact, they're just not in any of the eligible groups. Uh, but we uh, actually overbook appointments every day at our sites to accommodate 
the fact that uh, we always have some people that we're not able to vaccinate. So we're actually overbooking at all our sites so that we don't end up at the end of the day not using all of the vaccine that's available. But thanks for that question, Patrick. Thank you, Dr. Barrer. And now we will transition to remarks in Spanish with Jacqueline Valenzuela. Jacqueline will begin with translated remarks on behalf of Chair Solis. Jacqueline, please go ahead. Buenas tardes y gracias por acompañarnos hoy. Es un privilegio poder compartir el mensaje de parte de la supervisora Solis hoy en día. Eh, la semana pasada, el condado entró al nivel rojo del plan estatal para una economía más segura. Ahora, negocios que han permanecido cerrados pueden empezar a reabrir. Esto fue posible por los esfuerzos de nuestros residentes, quienes lucharon juntos después de un terrible aumento de casos este invierno pasado. También por los esfuerzos heroicos de nuestros departamentos de salud pública y servicios de salud, y socios comunitarios de salud quienes han trabajado en todas horas para traer estas vacunas que salvan vidas a nuestros residentes. Por más de un año, estos héroes de salud han trabajado arduamente y por muchas horas para cuidar a nuestros residentes que se han enfermado con COVID-19. También queremos reconocer a nuestras clínicas de salud calificadas a nivel federal y nuestros socios de salud locales quienes proveen servicio a nuestras comunidades más afectadas. Durante esta pandemia, estas clínicas han brindado cuidado a los más vulnerables, a comunidades sin papeles o sin seguro médico. Han formado compañerismos con el condado y organizaciones comunitarias para, contra, para traer pre, eh, pruebas de COVID-19 a vecindarios que no tienen acceso a recursos. Han continuado a brindar servicios esenciales como atención médica primaria y cuidado de salud mental durante un año tan difícil. Nuestros esfuerzo, esfuerzos para asegurar que la equidad de salud sea una prioridad no fueran posibles sin nuestras clínicas de salud calificadas a nivel federal. En el distrito de la Supervisora Solís, organizaciones como JWCH Institute, St. John's Well Child and Family Center, Chinatown Service Center, Clínica Oscar Romero, el Proyecto del Barrio, East Valley Community Health Center y muchos más han hecho todo lo posible para combatir esta pandemia. En vez de pedir un descanso después de un año tan arduo, preguntaron, ¿qué más podemos hacer para ayudar? Gracias a sus esfuerzos, hemos lanzado sitios de vacunación comunitarios en Bell, el este de Los Ángeles, el Monte y otras áreas impactadas, con muchas más por venir. Gracias a estos socios, el condado está cerrando estas brechas de equidad que han perjudicado nuestra respuesta a esta pandemia. Ahora el condado está superando al estado en la administración de dosis para las comunidades más afectadas. Esto es equidad en acción, no solo una meta hablada que define nuestra respuesta. Pero se necesita hacer más trabajo. Sigue habiendo diferencias en el porcentaje de personas vacunadas en nuestras comunidades afroamericanas y latinas en comparación con otros grupos demográficos. Desde la semana pasada, el 56% de los residentes blancos mayores de 65 años habían recibido al menos una dosis de la vacuna en comparación con el 43.5% de latinos y 38.7% de afroamericanos de la misma edad. Tenemos que hacer más. 
no solamente crear más oportunidades de traer la vacuna directamente a ellos, pero también superar cualquier duda sobre las vacunas que puede estar haciendo que las personas demoren vacunarse. Les aseguramos que estas vacunas son seguras. Somos afortunados de que en tan solo un año desde que comenzó la pandemia, ahora tenemos acceso a tres vacunas efectivas. Pero nuestros esfuerzos de vacunas no serían verdaderamente justos si no llegamos a, a todos a través de nuestro contado, condado, incluyendo a nuestros residentes confinados en sus hogares. Tenemos que esforzarnos para llegar a quienes son elegibles para recibir la vacuna, pero están confinados en casa. Estos residentes pueden tener discapacidades que drásticamente aumentan su riesgo de muerte e, y enfermedades graves por la infección de COVID-19. Muchos son mayores de edad cuyas tasas de muerte son hasta 100 veces más altas que personas más jóvenes si se infectan. Conforme eh, suba el suministro de vacunas, el condado tiene que encontrar una manera de hacer llegar estas vacunas a esta a población de residentes que están en casa. En los Estados Unidos hay tasas de adultos confinados en casa por cuestiones de salud entre el 5 y 6 por ciento, casi un medio millón en el condado. Debemos formar programas que nos ayuden a traer las vacunas directamente a estos adultos en casa. Es precisamente lo que la supervisora Solís quiere hacer con la moción número 13 en la Junta de Supervisores mañana. Esto se trata de equidad, accesibilidad y asegurar que utilizamos todos nuestros recursos y departamentos para llegar a una población uh, des desatendida por mucho tiempo. Ahora cambiaremos de tema porque entendemos que muchos, eh, muchas personas están buscando actividades que nos traen un sentido de normalidad en nuestras vidas. Estamos en el comienzo de la primavera y hay muchas actividades ofrecidas por el condado uh, para personas de todas edades, empezando con el depart departamento de parques y recreación. Durante el mes de marzo y abril están organizando un evento de toma y lleva, grab and go, por automóvil en parques en todo el condado. Bolsas que serán repartidas van a incluir actividades para los niños, eh, huevos decorados para la temporada de Pascua, recursos de comida y mucho más para toda la familia. Para registrarse pueden llamar al 211 para conectarse con el departamento de parques. Y finalmente nos da mucha tristeza hablar de nuevo sobre este tema que la supervisora Solís ha denunciado varias veces uh, anteriormente, la violencia en contra de nuestra comunidad asiática. Esta vez, ocho vidas fueron tomadas violentamente, seis de las cuales eran mujeres asiáticas. Es precisamente la razón por qué la supervisora Solís ha abogado con nuestros hermanos y hermanas asiáticos desde el principio para prevenir una situación como esta. Ahora hay miedo y, francamente, agotamiento entre nuestras comunidades asiáticas. Por eso queremos que todos que nos están viendo sepan que no están solos. Estamos unidos contra el odio y el racismo. Estamos unidos contra el odio y la misoginia. Perdón, misoginia. Eh, perdón, misoginia. Ah, que los asiáticos, mujeres asiáticas en particular, están enfrentando en este momento. Esta es una realidad inaceptable porque realmente nos duele a todos cuando una comunidad es atacada. Queremos alentar a aquellos que han visto o han pasado por un acto de odio o racismo 
a, a que nos informen a través de la línea directa del 211 o el sitio web stopaapihate.org. Al llamar esta línea, les aseguramos que van a recibir los servicios y recursos que necesitan y pueden hacerlo anónimamente. Hay más de 1.5 millones de personas de ascendencia asiática o isleños del Pacífico en el condado, con una gran mayoría uh, que viven en el primer distrito. Cuando la pandemia comenzó a devastar nuestro condado, fue la comunidad asiática que se movilizó para entregar mascarillas y otros recursos a hospitales sobrecargados. Fueron los trabajadores de salud asiáticos quienes arriesgaron sus vidas para salvar personas hospitalizadas por COVID-19. Y fueron las enfermeras filipinas las que murieron de manera desproporcionada a causa de COVID-19 porque trabajaban día y noche en nuestras unidades de cuidados intensivos. Nuestras comunidades asiáticas merecen ser celebradas, no atacadas. Nuestra diversidad es nuestra fuerza y en el condado de Los Ángeles nunca vamos a tolerar ningún tipo de odio. And now I'll go ahead and move on to remarks on behalf of the Department of Public Health. Hoy eh, daremos actualizaciones sobre los datos de COVID-19 para el condado, eh, cambios recientes en la orden del funcionario de salud, actualizaciones sobre cómo el condado de Los Ángeles trabajará con Blue Shield en la distribución de vacunas y luego actualizaciones sobre nuestro progreso para vacunar a nuestros residentes. Ahora para actualizarlo sobre nuestras cifras diarias, como recordatorio, la disminución en casos y muertes reportados el lunes refleja un retraso en el informe durante el fin de semana. First slide, please. Nos da tristeza informar nueve muertes adicionales hoy, lo que eleva el número total de muertes por COVID-19 en el condado de Los Ángeles a 22,806. Hoy estamos reportando 516 casos nuevos, lo que eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a 1,214,683. Actualmente hay 750 personas hospitalizadas con COVID-19 y el 25% de estas personas se encuentran en unidades de cuidados intensivos. El total de casos confirmados en entornos institucionales es de 96,966, incluyendo eh, el personal y los residentes. Hasta la fecha se han realizado pruebas a más de 6 millones de personas y se han informado los resultados en el condado de Los Ángeles. La tasa de positividad acumulada es del 19%. Next slide, please. El promedio de siete días de casos diarios por fecha de episodio ha seguido disminuyendo y al 14 de marzo este está por debajo de 500 casos nuevos por día. Este gráfico muestra los casos por fecha de episodio, cuál es la fecha en que una persona dio positivo por COVID-19 o comenzó a tener síntomas. Y nuestros números de casos están en los niveles que vimos al principio de la pandemia. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra las líneas de tendencia anuales de casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes desde el 1 de marzo del 2020 hasta el 14 de marzo del 2021. Durante las dos primeras semanas de marzo, los casos disminuyeron un 35% y durante la misma temporada, las hospitalizaciones disminuyeron un 41% y las muertes un 60%. 
Estas disminuciones representan acciones que todos tomamos hace unas semanas y tendremos que seguir cuidándonos unos a otros en las próximas semanas para seguir viendo la disminución de casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes. Next slide, please. Desde el 1 de enero del 2021 hasta el 18 de marzo del 2021, se han confirmado un total de 334,949 casos de COVID-19 en el condado de Los Ángeles, excluyendo Long Beach y Pasadena. Los casos nuevos semanales han disminuido cada semana de 102,679 casos nuevos la semana del 1 al 7 de enero del 2021 a 2,683 la semana del 12 al 18 de marzo del 2021. Al 18 de marzo del 2021, aproximadamente 1,984,738 personas que viven en el condado de Los Ángeles, incluidos Long Beach y Pasadena, han sido vacunados con al menos una dosis de vacuna desde el 1 de enero del 2021. Si bien la mayoría de la población del condado de Los Ángeles aún no es elegible para vacunación, es probable que el aumento de la tasa de vacunación esté comenzando a tener un efecto en la reducción de la transmisión y la disminución de casos semanales durante este tiempo. Next slide, please. Salud Pública hizo modificaciones adicionales a la orden del funcionario de salud. La orden actualizada se emitió el 19 de marzo y entró en vigor el 20 de marzo con las, los siguientes cambios. Las cervecerías, bodegas de vino y destilerías que no ofrecen servicio de alimentos solo pueden abrir para servicio al aire libre con ciertas restricciones que incluyen todas las personas deben tener reservaciones, las personas deben limitar su visita a no más de 90 minutos, las personas deben permanecer sentadas en sus mesas antes de hacer su pedido y no se les permite estar de pie o reunirse con otras personas de las mesas alrededor. Y el horario es limitado para el servicio al público y el cierre será a las 8 de pm. Las cervecerías, bodegas de vino y destilerías que sí ofrecen servicios de alimentos pueden abrir en espacios interiores al 25% de la capacidad y deben seguir las mismas modificaciones requeridas que se tienen en los restaurantes. También brindamos claridad para ciertos tipos de negocios que sirven al público, pero que no son establecimientos minoristas típicos, como centros de aprendizaje no escolares, sucursales bancarias y de cooperativas de crédito, servicios de cambio de cheques, preparación de impuestos, reparación de automóviles, concesionarios de automóviles y servicios de lavandería, lavanderías y limpieza. A este tipo de negocios de servicios limitados se les permite operar en espacios interiores con modificaciones al 50% de su capacidad interior. Para grupos de salud mental, los grupos de apoyo y la consejería espiritual uh, estamos aumentando el número de participantes en persona de 10 a 12 participantes para hacer que este tipo de apoyo tenga una mejor forma de acceso a todos los miembros de la comunidad. Seguimos pidiéndoles a estas uh, organizaciones que los servicios se proporcionen de forma remota cuando sea posible. Para todos aquellos lugares de trabajo relacionados en labores de oficinas, los negocios que deben abrir en espacios interiores para ese tipo de trabajos esenciales que no se pueden realizar de forma remota, también pueden limitar la capacidad de personas de, 
eh, dentro de las oficinas al 50% de la ocupación máxima. Para los deportes recreativos, perdón, para jóvenes y adultos, eh, nos estamos guiando por las reglas del Estado para permitir que deportes y actividades uh, que requieren realizarse en espacios interiores, incluyendo el entrenamiento, el acondicionamiento, la práctica y la competencia, uh, cumplan con todos los requisitos impuestos por el Estado, que incluyen limitar las actividades deportivas en interiores al 10% de la ocupación máxima, no se permiten observadores para actividades deportivas en espacios interiores para los jóvenes o adultos, incluidas las competiciones. Deben realizarse pruebas periódicas para los jugadores, entrenadores y todo el personal. Desarrollo e implementación de un plan de seguridad para volver a jugar y un plan de seguridad específico para practicar en estos lugares. Los planes deben ser sometidos al Departamento de Salud Pública 14 días antes de que se vaya a realizar la actividad en espacios interiores. Es importante recordarles que los negocios y todos los sectores deben seguir los protocolos de seguridad. Pueden encontrar uh, estos protocolos actualizados en nuestro sitio web en publichealth.lacounty.gov. Next slide, please. También estamos actualizando nuestros protocolos para alinearlos con los Centros para el Control y la Prevención de Enfermedades y el Departamento de Salud Pública del Estado de California eh, sobre el distanciamiento requerido en las escuelas, sin embargo, con algunas perdón, recomendaciones sólidas. Se recomienda a las escuelas a maximizar la distancia entre los asientos de los estudiantes, manteniendo una distancia mínima de tres pies en todo momento. Es importante que las escuelas implementen varias estrategias que ayuden a mitigar la transmisión de COVID-19, incluyendo el uso de máscaras requerido, grupos estables y mantener una distancia de seis pies tanto como sea posible. Ah, eh, es importante también que ah, eh, sigan, perdón, usando la distancia de seis pies tanto como sea posible durante las actividades en las que los estudiantes no usan máscaras como comer y beber. Sigue siendo un requisito de un mínimo de seis pies de distancia entre los maestros y, otro, eh, y los escritorios de los estudiantes y otro personal. Next slide, please. Durante las últimas semanas, el condado de Los Ángeles, el estado y Blue Shield hablaron sobre las formas de mejor coordinar los esfuerzos de vacunación, dado la amplia experiencia e infraestructura de vacunación del Departamento de Salud Pública. Nuestro objetivo es vacunar a todos, por lo que nos complace que hayamos finalizado nuestro memorando de entendimiento con el Estado, que permite que el Condado de Los Ángeles continúe apoyando a los más de 375 proveedores que están vacunando a la población actualmente. El acuerdo reconoce que los departamentos de salud locales continúan desempeñando un papel central y crítico en la coordinación local y la repartición de vacunas por parte del Estado. Según el acuerdo, el Departamento de Salud Pública del Condado y Blue Shield apoyarán juntos los objetivos de vacunación y harán recomendaciones al Estado con respecto a las asignaciones y distribuciones de vacunas necesarias. 
todos los aproximadamente 375 socios de vacunación del condado que han recibido la vacuna directamente del condado seguirán siendo elegibles para recibir dosis durante el periodo de transición a la red estatal de proveedores de vacunación siempre que cumplan con los requisitos estatales de seguimiento y notificación. El Departamento de Salud Pública del Condado eh, de Los Ángeles continuará trabajando directamente con todos los proveedores de vacunación del condado con respecto a todos los asuntos de adquirir las vacunas y el suministro de vacunas a las poblaciones calificadas por el estado. Uh, por el estado. Es a través de esta coordinación continua y directa de los socios de vacunación y salud pública del condado que el condado Blue Shield y los socios de vacunación del condado puedan eh, lograr mejor los objetivos de vacunación del estado. Según el memorando de entendimiento, el estado continuará asignando vacunas directamente al condado. Las asignaciones se harán proporcionalmente en, en, y tomarán en cuenta la población del condado y los servicios que brinda a las comunidades y poblaciones de mayor riesgo y más afectadas por COVID-19. El estado también está estableciendo estándares y prioridades para toda la red estatal. Los socios de vacunación del condado, por supuesto, deberán cumplir con los estándares de participación del estado que incluirán que todos los proveedores deberán proporcionar datos precisos al condado y al estado con respecto al uso y distribución de vacunas. Blue Shield está desarrollando datos mejorados y perfeccionando las capacidades de MyTurn, el sistema de registro de citas del estado. Todos los proveedores comenzarán a trabajar con Blue Shield en preparación para su eventual transición a la plataforma MyTurn del estado. Esta transición solo ocurrirá una vez que el estado y Blue Shield realicen modificaciones en MyTurn que ayuden a los proveedores con sus informes de datos. Este informe de datos a nivel estatal es clave para que el estado proporcione una imagen clara de los esfuerzos de vacunación dentro del condado a sus socios federales y estatales y, lo más importante, al público. Este acuerdo asegura que la extensa red que se ha, se ha creado en el condado de Los Ángeles sea gran parte de lo que salud pública ha construido durante los últimos meses y, uh, y que permanezca intacto, incluyendo a todos nuestros socios de vacunación y nuestro papel de liderazgo en el desarrollo de la estrategia y las asignaciones locales, que es uh, fundamental para las zonas más afectadas y con más um, bajas tasas de vacunación. El objetivo de este acuerdo es mantener la supervisión local de la administración de vacunas mientras se fortalece la red estatal de vacunación dentro del condado de Los Ángeles. Con este acuerdo no se va a interrumpir el impulso del condado y el aumento de la tasa de vacunación. Next slide, please. Para actualizarlo sobre nuestros esfuerzos generales para vacunar a los residentes y trabajadores en el condado de Los Ángeles, a partir del 17 de marzo, Administramos 3.264.989 dosis de vacuna en el condado. De estos, 1.057.794 fueron segundas dosis. Actualmente, las personas que son elegibles para la vacuna incluyen trabajadores de salud, personas que viven o trabajan en los centros de atención a largo plazo, residentes de 65 años o más, trabajadores de educación y cuidado infantil, 
trabajadores de alimentos y agricultura, trabajadores de servicios de emergencia, personas con condiciones de salud graves o discapacidades, personas que viven o trabajan en espacios de vida eh, congregados de alto riesgo, como los albergues, cárceles y programas residenciales de salud, a trabajadores de servicios de limpieza y mantenimiento y personas que trabajan en el transporte y la logística. Next slide, please. Esta tabla muestra el resumen de nuestra distribución semanal de vacunas de COVID-19 por tipo de centro de vacunación. Hay 385 centros de vacunaciones que reciben una parte de las 2,700, perdón, 279,700 dosis totales asignadas al condado de Los Ángeles para esta semana. Esta tabla, tabla no incluye las dosis asignadas directamente por el gobierno federal, algunas farmacias del condado, centros de salud calificados a nivel federal por sus eh, FQHCs, por sus siglas en inglés, y el centro de vacunación de FEMA. Uh, ni incluye las dosis asignadas por el estado a las grandes entidades médicas de varios condados como Kaiser y la, de la Universidad de UCLA. En nuestro sitio web, vacunatelosangeles.com, puede encontrar información sobre todos los centros de vacu vacunación que ofrecen vacunas. Nuestra asignación para esta semana es un poco más alta que la de la semana pasada. La semana pasada recibimos más de 259,000 dosis, ninguna de las cuales era de Johnson Johnson. Esta semana recibimos 6,000 dosis de la vacuna de Johnson Johnson. Al igual que la semana pasada, nuestras clínicas y centros de salud calificados a nivel federal están administrando la mayor cantidad de dosis de cualquier sector con 72,000 dosis esta semana. Proporcionar dosis de vacunas a estos centros de vacunación sigue siendo una prioridad para el condado de Los Ángeles, ya que sirven a las comunidades que son las más afectadas por la pandemia y tienen las tasas más bajas de vacunación. Los aumentos en las tasas de vacunación en estas comunidades no serían posibles sin nuestros socios en los centros de salud calificados a nivel federal y las clínicas eh, comunitarias. Se administrarán 64,350 dosis a través de los siete centros de vacunación del condado. Los centros de vacunación de la ciudad de Los Ángeles vacunarán a 50,000 personas a través de sus seis centros de vacunación. Y es importante destacar que las farmacias están administrando más de 24,000 dosis. Continuamos aumentando las asignaciones a los centros de vacunación comunitarios que sirven a nuestras comunidades más afectadas para que los proveedores puedan vacunar a más personas de mayor riesgo. Desafortunadamente, nuestros esfuerzos se están deteniendo un poco por falta de suministro de vacunas. Solo esta semana hay más de 633 mil espacios para citas disponibles y solo tenemos dosis suficientes para unas 280 mil citas. Esperamos que el suministro aumente en las próximas semanas y nos permita vacunar aún a más personas. Next slide, please. Los equipos móviles de vacunación se están extendiendo en las comunidades más afectadas con la prioridad de vacunar a las personas de 65 años o más. Más de 80 equipos móviles de vacunación están programados para administrar vacunas esta semana en centros de vivienda para personas mayores, organizaciones religiosas y comunitarias. 
estos centros de equipos móviles son fundamentales para nuestro esfuerzo de vacunar a las comunidades más afectadas y con tasas bajas de vacunación o con falta de acceso. En las próximas semanas se programarán 150 centros de vacunación móviles de, eh, adicionales en todo nuestro condado. Next slide, please. De las 279.700 dosis recibidas para esta semana, el 56% o 155.300 dosis se asignan a las segundas dosis de esta semana. El, 14, el, perdón, el 44% de, las, eh, de la asignación de esta semana o 124,400 vacunas son para personas que reciben sus primeras dosis. La mayor parte de nuestro suministro de la primera dosis está disponible para cualquier persona elegible con el 4% de nuestro suministro de la primera dosis dedicada al sector de educación y aquellos con condiciones eh, delicadas de salud o discapacidades que califiquen. La mayoría de las segundas dosis serán para las personas de 65 años o más y personas que trabajan en el sector de, de la educación o del cuidado infantil. Next slide, please. Este gráfico nos muestra las vacunas por sector en los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado, que incluyen nuestros cinco centros de vacunación a gran escala y nuestros centros de vacunación en Balboa y El Sereno. Del 5 al 19 de marzo, en los centros de salud publicada, eh, perdón, en los centros de salud pública administrados por el condado de Los Ángeles, el sector que recibió la mayor cantidad de vacunas fueron las personas que trabajan en el sector de alimentos y agricultura, que recibieron la mayor cantidad de dosis, lo que representa 50,581 vacunas, el 46% de todas las vacunas administradas en esas dos semanas. 17,339 personas que trabajan en educación y cuidado infantil también recibieron el 16% de las dosis de vacunación. En total, el 16% de todas las dosis administradas en los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado uh, durante el mismo periodo de tiempo. Tengan en cuenta que muchos sectores están trabajando con socios comunitarios, sindicatos o proveedores de atención médica para proporcionar vacunas a quienes trabajan en estos sectores. Para terminar, la primavera comenzó oficialmente el fin de semana pasado. Como muchos de ustedes, esperamos disfrutar de un clima más cálido. Tenemos un condado hermoso y los animamos a que disfruten eh, de todo lo que tiene para ofrecer mientras permanecen eh, utilizando sus máscaras y manteniendo su distancia física. Por favor, permanezca cerca de su casa y cumpla con la advertencia de viaje del estado que recomienda no realizar viajes recreativos a una distancia de más de 120 millas. Para los, los eh, que toman viajes recreativos y las personas que vienen a visitar el condado de Los Ángeles, tenga en cuenta que debe ponerse en cuarentena durante 10 días después de regresar de un viaje fuera del estado o del país para proteger a nuestra comunidad de la transmisión uh, inadvertida del virus de los viajeros. También recomendamos de manera rotunda a aquellos que viajaron y durante sus viajes estuvieron en multitudes expuestos a personas que no hacían uso de las máscaras y no guardaban el distanciamiento físico que se hagan la prueba a su regreso. 
Esto es particularmente importante para aquellos que viajaron a lugares con uh, tasas altas de transmisión comunitaria como uh, Miami, que reportó una tasa de positividad de prueba del 9%. Esto es seis veces mayor que la tasa de positividad de la prueba en el condado de Los Ángeles. Recuerde eh, la facilidad con la que este virus se puede propagar y tome todas las medidas que pueda para proteger a los demás hasta que toda nuestra población pueda vacunarse por completo. Eh, muchas gracias. And now we'll go ahead and, and we'll go ahead and move on to remarks in Armenian. Barrior Bolorin. Շնակալություն վերահսկող սոլիսին եւ ամբողջ վերաստուգիչ խորհուրդին շարունակական ղեկավարման համար մեր շրջանը առաջընթացը գրանցում բնակիչների ձեռնարկությունների եւ համայնքային գործընկերների արտակարգ ճանկերի շնորհիվ ովքեր իրենց բաժինն են անում պաշտպանելու մեր բնակիչների առողջությունն ու բարեկեցությունը այսօր ես կտրամադրեմ նորություններ շրջանի COVID-19-ի տվյալների վերաբերյալ առողջապահության սպայի կարգադրության վերջին փոփոխությունները թարմացումներ այն մասին թե ինչպես է Los Angeles շրջանը աշխատի Blue Shield-ի պատվաստանյութերի բաշխման հարցում եւ այնուհետև թարմացումներ մեր առանձնացածի վերաբերյալ մեր բնակիչների պատվաստելու համար Այժմ ձեզ ամեն օր տեղեկացնելու համար եւ որպես հիշեցում երկու շաբթի օրը գրանցված դեպքերի եւ մահվան դեպքերի ավելի փոքր քանակի արտացոլում հանգստյան օրերի հաղորդման ուշացումը ներկայիս իրավիճակի վերաբերյալ տեղեկությունները հետևյալն են այսօր ցավով հայտնում ենք եւս 9 մահվան մասին որից 5-ը 80 տարեկանից բարձր էին որոնցից 3-ը ունեցել են ուղղակցող առողջական խնդիրներ մեկ անձի տարիքը 65-ից 79-ն է եւ ունեցել է ուղղակցող առողջական խնդիրներ մեկ անձը 50 տարեկանից 64-ն է եւ չի ունեցել ուղղակցող առողջական խնդիրներ երկու անձ 30 տարեկանից 49-ն են եւ չեն ունեցել ուղղակցող առողջական խնդիրներ սա վերում է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 22806-ի Los Angeles շրջանում Այսօր մենք հայտնում ենք 516 նոր դեպքերի մասին եւ սա վերում է Los Angeles շրջանի դրական դեպքերի ընդհանուր թիվը 1,214,683-ի։ Այս դեպքերը ներառում են 51709-ը Long Beach քաղաքում մեր գործընկերների կողմից գրանցված դեպքեր, իսկ Pasadena քաղաքի կողմից գրանցված 11080 դեպքեր, որոնք ունեն անկախ առողջապահական բաժանումներ։ Ներկայումս հոսպիտալացվել են 750 մարդ, որոնցից 25%-ը գտնվում են ինտենսիվ խնամքի բաժանմունքում։ Ինստիտուցիոնալ միջավայրում հաստատված ընդհանուր դեպքերը 96966-ն են, ներառյալ անձնակազմը եւ բնակիչները։ Այս դեպքերից 40258-ը բնակիչներն են եւ 56708-ը անձնակազմ։ Ավելի քան 6 միլիոն մարդ տեսավորվել են եւ արդյունքները զեկուցվել են Los Angeles շրջան, որոնցից 19% դրական է։ Դեպքերը ըստ դրվակի ամսաթվի տենդենցի։ Ըստ դրվակի ամսաթվի ամենօրյա 7-րդ միջին թվականակը շարունակում է նվազել եւ մարտի 14-ի դրությամբ օրեկան 500 նոր դեպքեր կան։ 
Այս դեպքերը ըստ դրվակների ամսաթվի, այսինքն այն ամսաթիվը, երբ անձդրական է գնահատվել COVID-19 հիվանդության կամ սկսել է աղտանիշներ զգալ և մեր դեպքերի թիվը գտնվում են այն մակարդակներում, թվականի մարդի 14-ը։ Մարդ ամսվա առաջին երկու շապատվա անթացքում տեպքերը նվազել են 35 տոգոսով։ Եվ նույն ժամանակահատվածում հոսպիտալացումները նվազել են 41 տոգոսով, իսկ մահացությունները Եվ մենք պետք է շարնակենք հոգտանել մի միանց առաջիկա շապատների ընթացքում, որպիսի շարնակենք տեսնել տեպքերի, հոսպիտալացման և մահվան թվերի անգում։ 2021 թվականի հումվարի մեկից միջև 2021 թվականի մարդի 18-ը, լոս Շապատական նոր դեպքերը նվազում են ամեն շապը։ 2021 թվականի հումվարի 17-7 շապատվա ընթացքում, հարյուր 2679 նոր դեպքից միջև 2021 թվականի մարդի 12-18 ժամանակահատվածում 2683 դեպքեր։ 2021 թվականի մարդի 18-ի դրությամ Հումվարի մեկից լոս անջլոր շրջանում ներայրյալ լոնգ բիչ և պասադենայն բնակվող մոտավորապես 1.984.730 մարդ պատվաստել է արնվազը մեկ տեղաճապ պատվաստանյութով։ Չնայած լոս անջլոր շրջանի բնակշտյան մեծամասնությունը � Հոպոխությունները հանրային առողջապահության սպայի հրամանը։ Հանրային առողջապահություն լրացութիչ պոպոխություններ է կատարել առողջապահության սպայի հրամանագրում։ Վերանայված հրամանը տրվել է մարդի 19-ին և այն որոնք կերակուր չեն տրամադրում, կարող են պացվել բացությաց առայության համար, միայն որոշակի սահմանապակումներով ներարյալ, բոլոր հյուրերը պետք է վերապահումներ ունենան, հյուրերը իրենց այցի համար սահմանապակում են Եվ ժամերը սամանապակված են տեղում սպարման սպասարգմամբ, որը կավարդվի միջև երեկոյան ժամը կսանան։ Կարե ջրատները, գինու գործահաները և արեսների թորման գործահաները, որոնք կերակուր են մազնկություն, կարող Մենք նաև հստակություն ենք տրամադրում որոշ տեսակի բիզնեսներին, որոնք ծարայում են հասարակության, բայց տիպիկ մանրածախ հաստատություններ չեն, ինչպիսիկ են ոչ տպրոցական ուսումնական կենտրոնները, 
բանկերի եւ վարկայի միության մասնաճյուղերը, կանխիկ ծառայությունները, հարկերի պատրաստման, ավտոմեքենաների նորոգման, ավտոսրանել եւ 4 քիմիամակրման ծառայություններ։ Այս տեսակի սահմանափակ ծառայություններ մատուցող բիզնեսները այժմ թույլատրվում են ներքին գործել 50% հզորությամբ փոփոխություններով հոգեկան առողջապահության, աջակցության խմբերի եւ հոգեվոր խորհրդավարության համար մենք մեծացնում ենք անձամբ մասնակիցների թիվը 10-12 մասնակիցների, որպիսի այս տեսակի աջակցությունը ավելի մատչելի լինի համայնքի բնակչությունների համար։ Մենք դեր խրախոսում ենք ծառայություններ մատուցել հերակակարգով, երբ դա հնարավոր է։ Գրասենյակային աշխատողների համար այն ձեռնարկությունները, որոնք պետք է ներսում բացվեն, կարևոր գործողություններ, որոնք չեն կարող իրականացվել հերակակարգով, պետք է նաև սահմանափակեն ներքին կարողությունները առավելագույն զբաղվածության 50% սահմաններում։ Երիտասարդների եւ մեծահասակների սպորտաձևերի համար մենք համահունչ ենք պետական որոշման հետ, որպիսի թույլ տանք սպորտով զբաղվել փակ տարածքում ներառյալ մարզումը օդափոխումը շփման պրակտիկան եւ մրցակցությունը եթե դրանք համապատասխանում են պետական պահանջներին որոնք ներառում են հետեւյալը սահմանափակել ցանկացած փակ մարզական գործողությունը փակ տարածության զբաղվածության 10% դիտորդներ չի թույլատրվում որևէ պատանեկան կամ մեծահասակների փակ մարզական գործողությունները ներառյալ մրցումների խաղացողների, մարզիչների եւ անձնակազմի կանավոր փորձակումներ։ Վերադարձ դեպի խաղի անվտանգության ծրագրի եւ կայքի հատուկ անվտանգության ծրագրի մշակում եւ իրականացում։ Հայցը պետք է ներկայացվեն առողջապահության վարչություն, փակ գործողություններից 14 օր առաջ։ Որպես հիշեցում, ձեռնարկությունները եւ ոլորտները պետք է հետևեն անվտանգության ոլոր միջոցներին եւ արդյունագրություններին։ Այս նորացված արձանագրությունները կարող է գտնել մեր կայքում։ Փոփոխություններ քեից 12-րդ դասաների դպրոցականների արձանագրություններում։ Մենք նաև թարմացնում ենք մեր արձանագրությունները CDC եւ Կալիֆորնիայի հանրային առողջապահության վարչության հետ դպրոցների անհրաժեշտ հեռավորության վերաբերյալ համապատասխանացնելու համար։ Այնուամենայնիվ մի շարք առաջարկություններով Տպրոսներին խստորեն առաջարկում է առավելագույն հասնել աշակերտների նստատեղերի միջին հեռավորությունը, անընդհատ պահպանելով երեք ոտնաչափ նվազագույն հեռավորություն։ Կարևոր է, որ տպրոսները իրականացնեն մեղմացնող կարևորագույն շերտեր, ներառյալ անհրաժեշտ դիմակավորում, կայուն խմբեր եւ հնարավորինս պահպանեն 6 ոտնաչափ հեռավորություն այն գործողությունների ընթացքում երբ աշակերտները դիմակներ չեն կրում, ինչպեսի են ուտելը եւ խմելը։ Ուսանողների եւ այլ անձնակազմի ուսուցիչների եւ այլ սեղաների միջեւ շարունակում է պահանջվել առնվազը 6 ոտնաչափ հեռավորություն։ Վերջին մի քանի շաբաթների ընթացքում Լոս Անջելոս շրջանը եւ Բլու Շիլդը քնարկել են պատվաստումների ջանքերը լավագույնս համակարգելու եղանակները։ Աշվի առնելով հանրային առողջապահության դեպարտամենտի պատվաստումների առկա եւ լայն փորձը ենթակառուցվածքներում։ 
մեր նպատակն է պատվաստել բոլորին ուստի ուրախեն, որ կարավարության հետ վերշնական տեսքենք բերել հող ըմբրման հուշագիր, որը թույլ է տալիս լոս անժելոր շրջանին շահնակել աջավցել ավելի կան 375 մատակարարողներին, որոնք պատվաստում են բնակիչներին։ Համայցանագիրը ճանանչում է, որ առողջապահության տեղական ստորաբաժանումները շարունակում են կարևոր դեր ունենալ կարավարության կողմից պատվաստանյութերի տարածումը տեղական համակարգելու գործում։ Համաձայնագրով համայնքի կներկայացնեն այն նպատակների հասնելու համար անռաժեշտ պատվաստանյութերի բաշխուման վերաբերալ։ Վարճաշորջանի պատվաստումները շուրջ 375 գործ ընկերները, ովքեր պատվաստանյութ են ստացել ամմիջապես պայմանով, որ նրանք բավարարում են հետևելու և զեկուցելու պետական պահանչները։ Վարճաշրջանի հանրային առողջապայությունը կշարնակի համագործակցել շրջանի պատպաստանյութերի բոլոր մատակարարների հետ, պատպաստանյութերի � Վարճաշրջանի հանրային առողջապահության և պատվաստումների գործ ընկերների այս շարնակական ամմիջական համակարգման միջոցով է, որ Վարճաշրջանը բլուշ շիլդի և շրջանի պատվաստումների գործ ընկերները կարող ամմիջապես վարճաշրջանի։ Հատկացումները կկատարվեն այն չապերով, որոնք հաշվեն արնում վարճաշրջանի բնավջություն ու ծարայությունները, որոնք տրամադրում են առավելագույն ռիսկային համայքներ և բնավջության Սուրջանի պատվաստումների գործ ընկերները պետք է համպատասխանեն պետության մասնակության ստանդարդներին, որոնքը ներարեն, որ բոլոր մատակարաները պետք է ճշկրիտ և ժամանակին տրամադրեն վարճաշրջանին, երբ կարավարության հնարարությունները պետական նշանակումների գրանցման համակարգը։ Բոլոր պրովայդրները կսկսեն աշխատել բլուշիլդի հետ, նախապատրաստվելով նրանց դերսնական անցմանը ստեից մայթրն հարթակը։ Այս անցումը � հաղորդման հարցում։ Այս անվոշ տվյալների հաղորդումը կարևոր է կարավարության համար, որպիսի իր շրջանային և նահանգային գործ ընկերներին և որ ամենը կարևորն է հասարակության հստակ պատկերացում տալ 
Այս համաձայնագիրը երաշխարողորում է, որ լոս անջերը շոջանց տեղված լայն ծանցը մնում է անձրն մենխելի և ներարում է պատվաստումների մեր բոլոր գործնկերների ուժեղացնելով լոս անջելոր շրջանի ներսում պետական պատվերով պատվաստումների ծանցը։ Որպիսի ձեզ տեղեկացնենք լոս անջելուս բնակիշների և աշխատողների պատվաստելու մեր ընդհանուր ճանքերի մասին, մարդի 57794-ը եկրոր տեղաճապեր էին։ Ներկայումս պատվաստանյուս տանալու իրավունք ունեցող անձինք ներարում են առողջապահության աշխատողներ, երկարաժամկետ խնամքի հաստատությունների բնակիչներ և աշխատակիցներ, արտակար կիրավիճակների ծարայության աշխատակիցներ և իրավապան մարմիններ, մարդիկ լուրջ առողջական պայմաններ կամ հաշմանդալության պայմաններում, բարցր իսկի պայմաններում ապրող կամ աշխատող մարդիկ հավակում են բն և նյութական ապահովման ոլորդոն։ Մեր շապատական կովիտ տասնինի պատվաստանյութերի բաշման ամպոպ նկարագիրը աստ կայքի տեսակի, կան 385 պատվաստումների կայքեր, որոնք այս շապատվա համար վարճական շրջանին հատկացնում Սա չի ներարում տեղական կարավարությունից ուղակի ուրեն որոշ վարճական շրջաների տեղատներին, վիմա պատվաստումների կայքերին հատկացված չապականակները, ինչպես նաև այն պետության կողմից հատկացված չապաբաժիննե պատվաստանյութ առաջարգող բոլուր կայքերի մասին։ Այս շապատվա մեր հատկացումը մի փոքր ավելին է, կան նախորդ շապատ։ Անչալ շապատ մենք ստացանք ավելի կան 259,000 տեղաճապ, որոնցից ոչ մեկը ճանսն Այս շապատվա 72,000 դեղաճապերով առավելագույն չապապաժիններ են տրամադրում ծանկացած առանձին հատվացներին։ Այս կայքերի պատվաստանյութերով ապահովումը շահնակում է մնալ լոս անջելոր սրջանի առաշնահերթությանը, կա� Այս համայքներում պատվաստանյութերը մակարտակի բարցացումը հնարավոր չի լինի առանց համայնքային կլինիկաների մեր կործ ընկերներին։ 44,350 դեղաճակ կկիրարվի 7 վարճական շրջանների միջոցով։ 
Los Angeles Kalkain Kaikere, Patvas Teluen, Hitsun Hazar Mart, Irens Vets Kaikeri Michotso. Give the Rataneri Dakanasman Avelikan Sanchos Hazar Deracha. Menk Sharnakuman Kavilasnel Hat Katsumere, Hamain Kain Kaikerin, Vorongs Pasarkuman, Mer Aravelabuin, Tujats Hamank Nere, Vorpisi Matakarar Nere, Karohanan Patvastel, Aravelabuin, Riski Yentaka, Avelishat Martkans. Savok, Patvastanuteri, Matakararman, Pakasi Pacharov, Dandarum and Merjan Kere. Main Aisha Patva and Tatskum Arpa and Avilikan, Vetsar Yerasun Yerek Hazar Handipuna Jamer, Yevmen Kunek Main Bavara Chapabajiner, Mot Yerkuhar, Utsun Hazar Handipum Neri Hamaj. We sovenk for Arachika Shapatneri Matakararum, Kavelana, Yevtulkata Patvastel, Avilishat Martkans. Patvastum Neri Sharjakan Klinikaner. Patvastum Neri Sharjakan Hambera Terakayumen Aveli Tujvat Hamank Neri. Patsun Hing gave Aveli Parts Tariki Benakich Neri Patvastman Arachna Hertuchan. I Shapat Patvastum Neri Aveli Kan Utsun Sharjakan Timej. Nahatesnumen Patvastum Neri Rakanasnel Tarets Neri Benakaranaim Vairijum. Tarets Neri Kentron Nerum. Havatki Kazmaker Puchunerum, Yev Hamain Kain Kazmaker Puchunerum. Ice Bijijain Kaiker, Karevor Nishanakunun and Zaner Tujats Hamakneri, Patvastelum, Merjankeri Hamar. Kam Patvastum Nerit, Hatzel Makar Daknero, Hasan El Cham Batakarutsam. Arachika Shapatneri in Tatskum, Meshojane Ambosh Taratskum, Nahates Nevadem, Ratutich Haulitsum, Sharjakan, Patvastum Neri Kaiker. Ashapatva Hamar Statsvat, Yerkuhar Yotanasun in Hazar Yotar de Rajab, Hitsun Vets Tokos, Gam Harut Hitsun Hinkazar Yerekar de Rajab, Hatkatswoman Yekrot de Rajapet, Borong Spasman Ashapat, Hatkatsumneri Karasun Chors Tokos, Gam Haruk San Chors Hazar Chorsaure, Patvastumner Nahatesnavat and Einmarkan Samar, of Kirstanman Irens Arachin Chapabajinere. Mel Arachin de Rachapi Mets Massa Machele Darum Tsankatsat Iravasu Anzihamar, Mel Arachin de Rachapi Chorstokos, Tramadurme, Kurtucham Volorti, Yev Hashman Damutun on its of Nedin. Yegrot de Rachapi Mets Massa Octagotsme Batsunhik Tarekan Kamaveli Barter Tariki Nagichneri, Inchpesnaev Kurtucham Kamgere Haneri Hanamki Volortum Ashatov Martkans. But was to Nere as Masnagitucham. But was to Nere as Masnagitatsvat, Shurjani Rekavarvok de Rankneri, Vorong Nerarum and Merhing, Megaphatere, Yev Mel Patvastum Neri Kaikere, Balboem, Yev El Seronoem. Marti Hingits Tasnin, Los Angeles Varchakan, Shurjaneri Taratskun, Sunandi Yev Gurat and Teshan Volorte Ashatakisner, Statsel and Amenasha, Chapa Bajinere. Kazmelov Hitsun Hazar Hinkar Utsun Mek Patvastum. Akirkus Rapatvan Tatskum, Katarvats Polor, Patvastum Neri, Karasum Vets Tokosa. Kurtuchan Yev Yerehaneri Hanamki Volor to Mashatov, Tasyot Hazar Yerekar Yerasun in Namar, Statsle Nev Barchakan Shajanerum, Nunjamana Haka Hatvatum Karavarvo, Terachaperi, Tasna Vets Tokosa. Nakati Unetsev for Volor Neri Mets Masumiravasu Ashatov Neri Hamar, Patvastum Neri Basmativ Hanaravarsunerkan. Vorong Kirakanatsman Samanapak, Klinikanerum, Vorong Hovanavurum, Hamankain, Gorzenkerneri, 
արմիությունների կամ առողջապական ծառայությունների մատուցողների կողմից։ Ավարտելով կարունը պաշտոնապես կսվեց անցալ հանգստյան որերին։ Ձեզանից շատերի նման ես նույնպես անհամպեր սպասում եմ ավելի դիմակավորված և վիզիկապես հերում մնալով։ Հնդրում ենք մնալ տանը և հետևել պետական տուրիստական խորդատվությանը, որը խորուր չի տալիս հարուրկսան մղոն շարաղիղից դուր ժամանցային ճանապարությություններ Այն բանից հետո երբ վերադարնակ արդ երկրից կամ արդ երկրյա ճանապարորդությունից պաշպանելու մեր համայքը ճանապարորդներից վերուսը ագամա պոխանցումից։ Մենք նաև խստորեն խորուրդ ենք տալիս, որ նրանք ովքեր ճանապար տեստավորվել վերադարնալուց անմիջապես հետո։ Սա հատկապես կարևոր է նրանց համար, ովքեր ճանապարորդում են դեպի համայնքներ պոխանցման բարցր տեմպեր ունեցող բայրեր, ինչպիսին են Մայամին, որը հայտնել է 9 տոքոս տեստի որ հեշտությամբ կարող է տարածվել այս վերուսը և ձերնարկել հնարավոր ամեն ինչ, ուրիշներին պաշպանելու համար միջև մենք բոլորս չկարողանանք պատվաստվել։ Եվ բոլորիս համար խնդրում եմ հետևել անվտանգության խրախուսում եմ պատվաստվել։ Նրացուցիշ տեղեկությունների համար կարող է կայցելել vaccinatelacounted.com կայքը։ Շնուրակալություն։ Thank you. Now the remarks in Korean. Նյանշիմնիկա, դելի ռիպոտի սուչինն ժումար է բողոյ է չիանի իսասումրով թո ճոգն սուչիկա բողոդ է ասումել այլոդրինն բայնիտա։ Եուգամսրովկետո ոնել աղոմյանգ է սերոն սամանջակա բողոդ է ոգո, Հան մյոնգն 50-ը 64-ը սայրո գիջոջիրանի ապսոսմիտա։ Դու մյոնգն 30-ը 49-ը սայրո գիջոջիրանի ապսոսմիտա։ Ունել 516-ը սերողն կեսկա բոգոդեղկո, իրոսո էլ էի կանտիեսոյ չոն կեսկ սունն 121-ման 4683-ը սունն Հանձե կոբիտը 19-ո 750-ի բյոնը իբոնը իսմյո, 25%-ը ժումանջաշիրը իբոնը իսմիտա։ Ունելկածի 600-մանգմյոնի չեստրը բատասմյո, նուջոգ յանսան հակջումյուրն 19%-ի իմիտա։ 
7월 평균 1일 케이스 수는 계속해서 줄어들고 있으며 3월 14일까지 500 케이스 이하입니다. 2020년 3월 1일부터 2021년 3월 14일까지 병원 입원율과 사망률을 보면 3월의 첫 2주 동안 케이스률이 35%, 병원 입원율은 41%, 사망률은 60%가 감소하였음을 볼수 있습니다. 2021년 1월 1일부터 2021년 3월 18일까지 LA 카운티에서의 총 케이스 수는 33만 4,949건이었는데 새 케이스 수들은 계속 매주 줄어들어서 1월 1일에서 1월 7일 주간에는 10, 10만 2,679건에서 3월 12일, 12일에서 18일 주간에 2,683건으로 감소하였습니다. 2021년 3월 18일까지 약 198만 4,738명이 LA 카운티에서 적어도 한 번의 백신 접종을 받았습니다. 아직 LA 카운티의 대부분의 사람들이 백신 접종을 받지 않았지만 백신 접종률이 점점 증가하면서 바이러스의 확산도 줄어들기 시작할 것입니다. 보건국은 보건 담당자 명령에 몇 가지 추가적으로 수정을 하였습니다. 수정된 명령은 3월 19일에 발행되었고 3월 20일부터 효력이 발생하였습니다. 음식을 제공하지 않는 양조장이나 와이너리, 수제 양조장은 다음에 제한사항을 야외 영업에 재개, 제한사항과 함께 야외 영업을 재개할 수 있습니다. 모든 손님들은 예약을 해야 합니다. 손님들은 방문당 90분의 시간 제한이 있습니다. 또한 손님들은 오더하기 전에 자리에 앉아 있어야 하고 서 있거나 다른 사람들과 모여 있으면 안 됩니다. 그 장소에서 소비할 수 있는 영업시간은 저녁 8시까지입니다. 제공하는 양조장이나 와이너리 또 수제 양조장은 최대 인원의 25%까지 실내에서 영업을 할수 있으며 식당과 같은 요구사항들을 따라야 합니다. 또한 학교가 아닌 학습센터, 은행, 크레딧 유니언 지점, 체크 캐싱 서비스, 세금 서비스, 자동차 서비스, 자동차 딜러십, 드라이클리너와 같이 대중에게 서비스를 제공하지만 일반적인 소매점이 아닌 사업체들에 대한 명확, 사업체들에 대해 역시 명확하게 설명하는 바입니다. 이러한 제한적인 서비스 사업체들은 이제 최대 인원의 50%까지 실내 영업이 허가되었습니다. 정신건강 프로그램 서포트 그룹 종교적 카운슬링들도 대면 인원을 10명에서 12명으로 늘릴 수 있습니다. 그러나 가능하다면 원격으로 이런 서비스를 제공하기를 권장하는 바입니다. 오피스 기반 직장과 사업체들에서는 원격으로 할수 없는 필수 작업들을 최대 인원의 50%까지 실내에서 영업할 수 있습니다. 청소년과 성인 레크리에이션 스포츠는 주정부 명령에 따라 주정부 요거 조건을 따른다면 트레이닝과 컨디셔닝, 접촉 연습과 대회 등을 실, 대회 등의 실내 활동을 허가하는 바입니다. 실내 스포츠 활동은 실내 최대 인원의 10%로 제한하는데 관중은 대회를 포함한 청소년 성인 실내 스포츠 활동에 참석할 수 없습니다. 선수와 코치, 스태프들은 정기적으로 테스트를 받아야 하고 
development and implementation of a return to play safety plan과 site specific safety plan을 보건국에 실내 활동을 하기 14일 전에 신청서로 대출해야 합니다. 사업체들은 모든 안전 수칙과 프로토콜을 반드시 따라야 합니다. 웹사이트 publichealth.lacounty.com에서 업데이트된 프로토콜들을 보실 수 있습니다. CDC와 캘리포니아 보건 당국에 따라 학교에서 거리 두기와 관련된 프로토콜을 업데이트합니다. 학교들은 학생들 간의 거리를 적어도 3피트 유지하도록 권장하고 있습니다. 마스크 사용과 안정된 그룹, 또 학생들이 먹거나 마시는 등의 마스크를 쓰지 않는 활동을 할때 가능하면 서로 6피트 거리를 유지하는 등의 중요한 완화 지침들을 시행하는 것이 매우 중요합니다. 선생님들과 학생 간 그리고 다른 스태프 간에는 여전히 적어도 6피트의 거리를 두는 것이 요구됩니다. 지난 몇 주간 LA 카운티와 주정부 또 블루실드는 협력하여서 백신 접종 받는 일에 대해서 토의를 하였습니다. 우리의 목표는 모든 사람들이 백신 접종을 받는 것이고 주정부와 LA 카운티에서는 계속해서 375개 이상의 제공자들이 백신을 제공할 수 있도록 MOU 체결을 마무리 짓고 있는 단계입니다. 약 375개의 카운티 백신 접종 파트너들은 대부분 카운티에서 백신을 직접 받고 있고 주정부 차원의 백신 접종 제공자로 전환하는 동안 계속 백신을 받게 될 것입니다. MOU 계약 아래 주정부는 계속해서 카운티에 직접 백신을 제공할 것인데 할당된 백신은 카운티의 인구와 COVID-19로 큰 타격을 받은 고위험 커뮤니티에 비례하여 나누어질 것입니다. 주정부는 주 전체의 네트워크를 위해 표준과 우선순위를 정하게 될 것입니다. 카운티의 백신 접종 파트너들은 당연히 주정부의 표준 기준에 맞출 것이며 모든 제공자들은 백신 사용과 배포에 대한 정확하고 시기적절한 데이터를 카운터와 주정부에 보고하게 될 것입니다. 블루실드는 데이터 대시보스를 향상시키고 주정부 예약 등록 시스템인 마이턴을 개선하기 위해 노력할 것입니다. 모든 제공자들은 블루실드와 협력하여 주정부의 마이턴 플랫폼을 사용하도록 준비할 것입니다. 이 준비 작업의 목표는 지역의 백신 접종을 관리하고 LA 카운티 내에서 주정부 기반 조정된 백신 접종 네트워크를 강하게 하는 것입니다. 3월 17일까지 LA 카운티에서는 323만 4,989개의 백신을 접종하였고 이 중에 105만 7,794개는 두 번째 접종이었습니다. 현재 백신 접종 자격이 있는 사람들은 의료 서비스 종사자들, 장기 요양시설에서 거주하는 거주민들과 스태프들, 65세 이상의 주민분들, 교육과 보육 종사자, 식품농업 종사자, 응급서비스 종사자, 법 집행기관에서 일하는 종사자, 심각한 건강질환이나 장애가 있는 사람들, 쉘터나 감옥, 거주 건강 프로그램과 같은 고위험 공동 거주 장소에 살거나 일하는 사람들, 청소부, 관리인, 유지 서비스 종사자, 교통과 물류에서 일하는 사람들입니다. 이번 주에는 385개의 백신 접종 장소에서 27만 9,700개의 백신을 접종받았습니다. 이 수는 연방정부에서 직접 분배를 받는 몇 카운티 약국들, 연방적 허가된 헬스센터, 
피마 백신 접종 장소를 포함하지 않고 주정부에서 분배를 받고 있는 카이저나 UCLA와 같은 카운티 엔티티도 포함하지 않은 숫자입니다. 저희 웹사이트 vaccinealacounty.com에서 백신 접종 제공하는 모든 장소에 대한 정보를 보실 수 있습니다. 이번 주에 받는 백신의 양은 지난주보다 약간 높았는데 지난주에는 25만 9천 개의 백신을 받았는데 전슨은 전슨 백신은 없었습니다. 이번 주에는 전슨 전슨에서 6천 개의 백신을 받게 될 것입니다. 이 중에 6만 4,350개는 7개의 카운티 장소들에서 접종될 것이며 6개의 LA시 장소에서 5만 명이 접종될 것입니다. 또한 약국들에서는 2만 4천 명이 접종될 것입니다. 안타깝게도 여전히 백신 공급에 부족이 있습니다. 앞으로 다가오는 주들에는 공급량이 더 증가하여 더 많은 사람들이 백신을 접종받기를 바라고 있습니다. 모빌 백신팀은 65세 이상 주민들이 백신 접종을 받는 것을 우선순위로 가장 타격이 큰 커뮤니티에 보내지고 있습니다. 80개 이상의 모빌 백신 접종팀이 시니어 하우징 장소와 시니어 센터, 종교 기반 단체와 커뮤니티 기반 단체에서 백신을 접종하도록 스케줄되어 있습니다. 앞으로 다가오는 주들에는 150개의 추가적 모, 모빌 백신 장소가 스케줄되어 있습니다. 이번 주에 받은 27만 9,700개의 백신 중에 56%, 즉 15만 5,300개는 이번 주에 두 번째 접종을 받을 순서이신 분들을 위해 할당해 놓았습니다. 44% 즉 12만 4,400개는 첫 번째 접종을 받는 분들을 위해 사용될 것입니다. 이 중에 4%는 교육 부문과 건강 질환이나 장애가 있으신 분들을 위해 사용될 것이고 나머지는 자격이 있는 누구에게나 사용될 것입니다. 두 번째 접종을 위한 백신은 대부분 65세 이상이거나 교육과 보육 부문에 있는 종사자들을 위해 사용될 것입니다. 3월 5일에서 3월 19일까지 LA 카운티에 우서 운영한 장소들에서는 46%가 식품과 농업 종사자들이 접종을 받았습니다. 교육과 보육시설 종사자들 중에서는 16%, 즉 17,339명이 백신 접종을 받았습니다. 마지막으로 지난주에 드디어 봄이 시작되었습니다. 모두들 이 아름다운 카운티를 즐기시면서 마스크를 꼭 쓰시고 거리 두기를 유지하시기 바랍니다. 집 근처에서 지내시고 주정부 여행 관련 지침을 따르셔서 120마일 반경 밖으로 여행을 하지 마시기 바랍니다. 레크리에이션 여행객이나 LA 카운티로 오는 주민분들은 주 밖으로 나갔다 온 후에 10일간 자가격리해야 합니다. 또한 여행을 하면서 큰 무리에 있었거나 마스크를 쓰지 않은 사람과 가깝게 노출이 되었었거나 모임에 참석하셨다면 돌아와서 꼭 테스트를 받으십시오. 특히 9%의 테스트 확중률이 보고된 마이아미와 같은 고위험 커뮤니티 확산 지역을 여행하셨다면 꼭 그렇게 하셔야 합니다. 이 수치는 LA 카운티보다 6배 높은 확중률입니다. 우리 모두는 공공장소에서 그리고 영업을 재개하게 된 사업체들에서 안전지침을 따르고 작고 큰 모임들을 피하십시오. 자격이 있다면 꼭 백신 접종을 받으십시오. 
더 자세한 점은 vaccinatelacounty.com에서 더 많은 정보를 얻으실 수 있습니다. 감사합니다. Next, Alan Chang will brief in Mandarin. Thank you. Okay. 有新的居家令 三人患有其他疾病 今天我现新天病例五百一十六人，这样落线总共病例达到了一百二十一万四千六百八十三人，其中五万一千七百零九人来自长滩市，一万一千零八十人来自帕萨迪纳市，住院病例为七百五十人，其中百分之二十五的人
确诊新冠病例。这段时间，每星期的新增病例都在下降。从一月的第一星期的一月一日到七号，数字为十万两千六百七十九例，下降到了三月十二号到十八号星期的两千六百八十三例。从一月一号到三月十八号，诺县大约有一百九十八万四千七百三十八个居民已接种了至少第一剂新冠疫苗，包括长叹市和帕萨迪纳市。尽管还有大部分诺县居民尚未接种，但随着越来越多的人接种新冠疫苗，相信新冠传播会相应的减少。居家令的更新。公共卫生局再次更新了居家令，更改后的居家令从三月二十号开始生效。其中不提供任何食物的酿酒厂、红酒坊可以开放室外营业，但必须遵守以下规定：一、所有客人都应预约；二、所有客人停留的时间不得超过一个半小时；三。客人点餐前必须先坐下，不能站立，也不能与其他客人相聚聊天。第四，在晚上八点钟之前，堂食必须打烊。给客人提供实质性食物的酿酒厂、红酒坊等可以开放室内的百分之二十的容量，但必须遵守相关餐厅的规定。我们现在正在为以下。所列的非典型零售行业提供相关的规定，这些行业类似于非学校、学习中心、银行、支票兑现部门、税务服务所、汽车修理点、汽车买卖点以及干洗店，所有这类行业都可以开放百分之五十的室内容量。对精神健康诊所、精神支持中心、精神安慰所。我们将每组室内的参与人数从十增加到了二十，以适应社区的要求。同时，我们仍鼓励提供远程服务。对必须进行现场作业和办公类场所的或业务的必要类行业，允许室内容量开放至百分之五十。对青少年和成人运动项目，我们会参照有关州对于室内运动的规定。包括对训练、培训、接触式的训练及比赛，但必须遵守州的相关规定，即只能开放最多百分之的容量，观众不允许在场。给队员、教练及员工进行常规的新冠测试。第三，必须制备相关的上场规则，所有在场地的规则。相关规定必须提前十四天上报公共卫生局。再次强调，企业和各部门之间必须遵守所有安全规定和规则。有关最新的规定都可以在洛县公共卫生局的网站找到 ：publichealth.la.county.gov。小学到高中的规则，我县也将相关学校的个人间的距离参照 CDC。和州公共卫生部门的规定，但有关方面，我们的规定会更严。所有学校都应最大限度的让学生与学生之间的距离最少保持三尺
，每个学校必须制定相关的重要规定，如佩戴口罩、分时上课、学生在吃饭等不佩戴口罩时，尽量在活动中维持至少六尺的距离。老师与其他学生、员工之间的距离至少六英尺。与南顿医疗的合合约，过去几星期以内。诺县、加州和南顿医疗组商讨了充分利用公共卫生局现有的接种经验及设施，协调疫苗接种。我们的目的是为每个诺县居民接种。我很高兴，我现正在与州政府签订备忘录，让现有的诺县带的三百七十五个疫苗接种点继续服务诺县居民。该备忘录确定了。县公共卫生局在执行州政府接种计划中的关键及重要作用。县公共卫生局将会与南顿医疗一道努力协调如何接种过程中的效力和平等事宜。在过渡到州政府的疫苗接种系统中过程中，所有三百七十五个县内的疫苗接种点将会继续接种。同时，这些接种点必须按州政府的要求记录或上报接种结果。备忘录备忘录中指出，州政府会继续直接派发一些疫苗给县卫生局，这一部分会根据县内高风险人群而确定分派。州政府会依据全州的标准和优先顺序。现属的疫苗接种点应该按州政府的要求，为州政府提供准确的、及时的接种资料。南顿医疗将会优化 MyTen 的容量及 MyTen 作为州预约系统的效率。所有接种因所有接种团体将会与南顿医疗一道将其接种资料传送到州政府的 MyTen 平台。州级资料简报是提供清晰的从县到联邦和州政府最重要的一环，也是公众系统的关键所在。疫苗数据的简报，截止三月十七号，诺县总共接种了三百二十三万四千九百八十九剂疫苗，其中一百零五十七万七百九十四属于第二剂注射。现在，医务人员长期看护中心。的居民和员工，六十五岁以上的长者、教育和孩童看护人员、食品和农业部门、紧急服务部门、执法部门、患有严重疾病的人群与高风险人群居住在一起的人，如避难所、监狱、居民看护所等等，还有看护所、维修人员以及工作在运输部门的人员，都属于可以接种的人群。每周的疫苗分配，这个星期全县三百八十五个接种点结束了，两二十七万九千零七百剂中的一部分，在我们的网店 vaccinatevaccinatelacounty.com 可以找到所有相关的疫苗分配资料。这星期的疫苗数据较上星期要多，上星期我们没有。我们收到了二十五万九千剂，没有江森的江森。这些剂我们接收到了六千剂的江森的江森的疫苗。
移动疫苗接种点，我们在最严重的受灾区布置的移动服务、移动疫苗接种点，重点是给六十五岁以上和的居民接种。这星期我们布置了八十个移动疫苗接种点，将这些移民移动接种点布置在老年居民居住点。看护点及宗教团体聚集点，对受灾严重区域、对低接种区域和缺少交通地区，这些移动接种点至关重要。在接下来的数星期内，我们将增加一百五十个移动疫苗接种点，和部门间的分配。这星期接收的二十七万九千七百剂中，有百分之五十六的及。十五万五千三百剂将会作为第二针，其中百分之四十四的及十二万四千四百剂将作为第一针。大部分第一针都是分配给任何可以接种的人群，只有百分之四的留下专用于教育部门和那些符合资格的残疾人员。而第二针的大部分当用于六十五岁或以上的人。及教育和孩童看护中心的人员，从县署管理的接种点的接种的职业比例，从三月五号到十九号，县署的接种点的疫苗主要给了食品和农业部门，总计五万零五百八十一剂，占这两个星期接种的百分之四十六，一万七千三百三十九人。工作在教育和孩童看护部门，接受了占总疫苗的百分之十六的疫苗接种。当然，工作在这两个部门的人群，同时还可以在社区、工会及医疗机构提供的接种点接种疫苗。我们知道，上周末末春天正式开始了，和你们一样，我十分盼望天气暖和，天空更晴朗。我们诺县如此美丽，我建议大家戴好口罩，保持社交距离，去尽情享受大自然。对外地来我县的旅行者或外出的旅行者，从外地回来后一定要进行十天的自我隔离，以便保护诺县的其他居民。同时，我还强烈的建议对那些外出旅行、旅行过程中参加过聚会与未戴口罩的人群亲密接触过或聚聚会过。回来后一定要做测试，这点对那些去过高传播区，例如迈阿密，成长率这高达百分之九，是落下了六倍之多。这些人的测试尤其重要。记住，这个病毒很容易传播，所以请你采取一切可以采取的防御措施。我呼吁大家在公共场所和。关顾新开放的行业时，请遵守一切安全防疫措施，尽量避免中等或大型聚会。如果轮到你接种疫苗了，请去接种。你可以上网 vaccinate l a county dot com 寻找更多的资料。That's concludes for today. Thank you. This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. 
Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health Podcast.